Hello, friend! Thanks for pressing play! You just pressed play on Jock and Nerd, episode 94, and you know what that tells me? You have great taste in podcasts. Geerific! We got all the latest geek news and this week's comic book TV show reviews for this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Friday, April 15th, 2016! Wowie zowie! Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, the voice of Ezra Bridger on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. It's the Jock and Nerd Podcast with your hosts, Anthony and Imran. Hi-yo, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. And my name is Rugboy. He's the Rugboy. And he's the nerd. Uh, if you're a regular to the show, you'll notice we're missing somebody. That would be the Jock, uh, whose real name is Anthony. Well, gang, Anthony has the strep. The strep throat. So, oh. yeah, that's why he's sitting this one out. It doesn't, you know, when you have the strep, it hurts to talk. And uh, do they, I haven't had strep since I was a kid. Do they still check it the same way? You know how they check for strep rugs? You ever had this done? Well, whenever I went to the nurse, the, she always stuck her finger in my slack hole. Is that how they check? I think you were going to uh, uh, the wrong hospital because that is not how they check. Hello, oh, nurse. Yeah, hello, nurses. Right. No, they shove like a giant Q-tip down your throat. To get a thing, like, there isn't a better way to get this, to to get to figure out how you have the strep? Oh, it's horrible. How is that not worse than getting your finger in your slack hole? It's the same uh, thing. It's a good it? point. It's a, it's, a, it's a thing down a hole. But it's yeah, so someone's ar- shoving something where it's not supposed to be. <laughs> it's so archaic. But Ruggs and I are here for you, the listener, because we love geeking out. And boy, is there a lot to geek out about if you're a new listener. Thanks for joining us. Here's what's going to go down. We're going to talk about this week's uh, latest geek news, which there is a ton of. And we're going to go through our favorite comic book TV shows, uh, which is Supergirl, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Legends of Tomorrow, and Fear the Walking Dead. And then at the end, we got a little post show where we open up the seat and we hang out with you people on Blab because we are live on the Blabs. But before all that, I got to address a couple of things. I want to make sure you guys checked out our last episode, episode 93. Uh, we met an awesome another listener-turned-podcast, Jim McPike. Rugs, have you checked out the show yet? Yeah, I listened to most – I think I listened to all of it, actually. It was actually pretty entertaining. Jim was a first-time podcast uh, guest, first time just being interviewed. We popped a lot of uh, nerd. podcast cherries there, and he did a great job. Like, he was great. He came in dressed as Captain America. What more could I ask for? Really? And on that show, we mentioned uh, our little ongoing uh, conversation with one listener, David Zika, still going back to our Batman versus Superman review show. He wrote a very long, uh, thought out email. Rugs, uh, you got to skim this email, right? Yeah, I read the email. I read it. All right. Well, look, I want to share some of this. It's really long. I don't want to read the whole thing. I have a couple of excerpts and then we can comment. How's that sound? Okay, go for the gold. Okay, so he starts out, I love what he writes, because the guy's got an opinion. He starts out saying, I wasn't mad or hating. 
I liked the show. I just didn't agree with it, meaning the Batman vs. Superman review show. On the other okay. hand, I was frustrated because many of your comments just didn't make sense, whereas you guys usually do. For example, the urine in a jar. Either you weren't paying attention or you were paying attention but have already forgotten or you just can't figure it out. Uh, and then he mentions the bat suit. There was not a James Bond, the audience is stupid, show them the toy scene. But there were at least two, maybe three scenes where Bruce and Alfred discussed developing and getting the suit ready. Those are the stupidest points to make. First of all, <laughs> I mean, not to rip on this guy, but we clearly knew what the urine in the, the jar was. We just thought it was unnecessary. Yes, it was a little bit. I never thought that like a, a, a jar full of urine would be a huge uh, thing. I mean, it wasn't a huge thing, but to even you know, use they're panning it? into a jar of urine, it just was like out of place. Very, that's all. Yeah, very you out can't of admit place. That? Uh, next comment I pulled out was the Flash intro, where we said, you don't know who the Flash is. If you don't know who, why do you know it's the Flash? Who cares? It's a minor Easter egg. The whole multiverse idea is only there because so many people care more about making all the pieces fit than telling good stories. Okay, right there. Come on. That's uh, Telling good stories is what it should be about. Nothing else. I agree. Okay. Final comment. Uh, well, not the final one. I got one more. But he says, disorganized editing. I didn't think that. I didn't think they told you every minute of every character. But I was able to follow pretty easily. Just watched Hateful Eight. Much of it is told out of order. Not criticized for being bad. I don't need to know everything, especially if it doesn't matter. Here's the problem with this comment. Quentin Tarantino has is an incredible storyteller who is the master of telling things out of order. That's what he does. That's what he's good at. That's what he's yeah, known absolutely. for. He writes things out of order on purpose to make it more exciting for you to, to watch. Exactly. And anything like that handled by a lesser storyteller, it's not going to come off well. It's going to be a little bit mishandled. Here's the comment where he kind of lost... All of us. He says, Winter Soldier was terrible. Oh, shit. Why do I care about this Bucky guy? He was a bit role in the first movie. People kept saying it was great. So I rewatched Captain America, rewatched Winter Soldier. Still don't like it. The story is not interesting. It's obvious and linear. I know everything because they tell you everything in a straight line, but give you no reason to care. Rug boy comment. Okay. This is complete asinine <laughs> bullshit because... <laughs> Winter Soldier is just an extrapolation of the Red Hood. And I think the Red Hood is an extrapolation of, of Winter Soldier. So that whole thing where your 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 Robin becomes your enemy. Yes. Happens in Batman. Yes. So if you're fucking all up in Batman's ass crack, you got to love the Winter Soldier because it's the same fucking thing. Only told 10 times better. It makes more sense yeah. in, a, in a lot of a way. I mean, if they he ever. Gets, yeah. If they ever deal with Jason Todd Robin, this is exactly what's going to happen. I'll give you this. The whole fact that they both survived, like, you know, millennia, like, you know, and didn't age, that's a little bit far-fetched. I'll give you that. Yeah, the frozen but ice thing is essentially, the thing. It's essentially the same exact story as a Red Hood, where you turn your, your, your sidekick into your worst enemy. And it was a huge thing in the comics, and it was one of the best runs of Captain America. So this guy clearly doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> he's a DC fanboy. Now, David Zika... You don't like me, that's fine. Emron and, and Anthony, they're good guys. I always uh, would err on, if you're, if you're going to make a point, make a good point. And none of your points really refuted any of the facts that we said. But, listen, you're, you have a right to your opinion, and I respect you for even vocalizing it in this 
very hostile environment. Absolutely. So I got to give you kudos to that. Oh, yeah. He gets nerd. He gets mad props for writing in. But this is kind of why I like this whole thing is we can all agree to disagree. And I, I love that he wrote in and disagrees. There's nothing wrong with that. Not, you know, and there's a couple of other listeners that may or not have agreed with our Batman versus Superman review. But they know that that's just what makes us all great fans. We have a difference Absolutely. of opinion. And-, and don't get offended at how I'm. Um- responding to you this is exactly how i would respond to imran if, and he's one of my best friends or anthony if he says something i would just tell him to go fuck off well, it's not like i don't like you but yeah. you know whatever oh, this is how we expect that from the rugs you're, you're, there's Absolutely. nothing wrong with that but i love i love having this debate but all this i really brought this up because it all got me thinking i was like you know where this would be great this would be great if you had a jock and nerd facebook group then we can all get to meet each other, learn our names, get into a debate. Well, guess what, everybody? We have a Jock and Nerd Facebook group. Jock and Nerd. Just visit jockandnerd.com slash community or search Jock and Nerd community on Facebook. I want everyone to join. It's uh, it's better than having a Facebook page because, like, if you come to our Facebook page and post something, it gets shoved to the side in the little thing. Sometimes we don't see it. It's kind of annoying. They make you pay to, to get exposure. But with the group, it's a running forum thread. Everybody can jump in. Oh, I, I would love it if all our guests, listeners, join the Facebook group. Let's let's get to meet each other. Let's get to a first name basis. It's going to be lots of fun. And uh, our lovely Blab assistant, Jordan Radford, is one of the admins, along with myself and Anthony. Rugs, we got to figure out something for you. You need to get a Facebook profile. Oh, man. Rugberto Bambino Facebook profile. All right, I'll get on it. Right. I don't know how to do it, but I'll do it. Also, uh, Jordan recently saw Batman vs. Superman and tweeted us her quick Twitter review, and it goes like this. Just watch Batman v Superman, and it was a total clusterfuck, yet I was still entertained. Uh, we'll get her thoughts in the post show, because I really want to know, uh, I'd love to get a female perspective on this movie. I think that would be very interesting. Sure. Right? Okay, guys, here we go. Got a shit ton of news. Let's do it. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Uh, and again, we got to start with the BVS. The BVS DOJ. The BVS uh, Doji. I think that's how you pronounce the abbreviation of this movie. Okay. Batman versus Superman. Let's check in with the box office. This thing is still making killer money. As of April 14th, 2016, it's made 302 million, over 302 million domestic. And, and it broke 800 million. It's at 803 and some change worldwide. Oh, shit. Which so is you a, think it'll get to a billion dollars? Well, I don't think it's going to get to a billion. And oh. let me tell you why. Here's why. In the third weekend this movie was out, it faced another battle. And this was the battle. It was Batman v. Superman v. Melissa McCarthy. Dun, dun, dun. Guess who won that fucking battle? Batman versus Fat Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa McCarthy showed Batman versus Superman who's the boss by narrowly beating out the movie with her movie, The Boss, by just a little bit, but it knocked it to number two. Which Whoa. is which is telling. Now, I think the problem is this movie is it's not coming out anywhere else. It's out everywhere that it's gonna be, and in fact, it's gonna be be in less theaters moving forward. It's already starting to be removed. So, with all that said, I don't think they're the the insider people, whatever, they're saying it's gonna get to the nine hundred million, but maybe not the billion. And 
uh, it's being considered less profitable than Man of Steel already because of the billion dollar haul is unlikely. Now, so Man of Steel cost less and made 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 a lot of money. Correct. So there's a rumor that they may release the extended R-rated version in theaters this summer to boost the box office. Oh shit! Uh, so it will technically be this like uh, the same movie making to get the extra money, so they can, yeah. they can, they can have those bragging rights. Yeah, that seems it seems a little bit uh, desperate there. Like cheating, yeah. yeah, a little bit cheating too. A little bit of cheating. Let them become got to cheat. They got to cheat to get to the movie. But it's uh, it's weird, man. I got a bunch of articles I'll put in the show notes. It's like a movie that tops three hundred million feels like a flop. It's very strange. It's made all this money. Yeah. Uh, Jordan the Pies asks, what's different in the R-rated version? Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit more violence, uh, a little bit more extended scenes, possibly, if they're expanding it. This movie originally was a four-hour movie. They cut it down to two and a half. He had a four-hour cut to start with and whittled it down. And just uh, that's where the kind of the storytelling fell apart a little bit. Yeah, they should just give someone else with talent all that footage and see if they can make something out of this movie. Uh, it's funny you mention that because uh, another report's come out that Warner Brothers are taking Justice League in a different direction. Uh, based on a new report from Variety, it seems that Warner Brothers has decided to get more involved in the big picture elements of the DCEU. Uh, this guy writes, I'm told executive, production executive John Berg and Time Warner C- CEO Jeff Bukes are taking more of a hands-on approach now, paying closer attention to overarching story concerns, but someone well-versed in both production and DC's minutia is what's needed. They need someone like a Kevin Feige, you know? All right, I'll pack my bags and go there. Ah, Ruggs, I think think you will be the perfect person for this job. You're not doing anything. I really am not. Just this podcast. That's about it. Well, you could do it. And walking dogs, basically. And you could do it from the basement. How's the dog walking business going, uh, by the way? Well, I don't really walk them. I just open the door and let them out. <laughs> That's all I have to do. That's my job. That's the best job. Isn't that the greatest job? I, yeah, Craigslist. It's the best. That's <laughs> the best job ever. Now, uh, if you've seen the movie BVS, you know that one of the few highlights was Ben Affleck's Batman. Rugs, do you agree? Batfleck. Batfleck. I think uh, probably one of the, the, the best Batflex, best Batman we've seen on screen. Definitely different, interesting, brutal, brooding Batman so it's confirmed that Ben Affleck is not only starring in a standalone movie, he's writing and directing Geek Boner. this movie. That could be a good move because that- now, like, you know, Ben Affleck is not an idiot. Yes. You know, he's written, he's co-written, you know, Good Will Hunting. He's directed his own movies that he's written. I think he wrote one of those movies, right? Or Argo, Argo or, or Town. Yeah. yeah, no, man, anything that he is behind acting and directing, uh, it nails it. Now, this begs a couple of questions, Ruggs. Let me know what you think about this. Do you think Zack Snyder should be anywhere near this movie? You know, uh, let me just say, just as a visual consultant, maybe. I mean, I think Ben Affleck can handle it all by himself. I I really do. I think he can. I think you just let him go. The only problem I see with all of this, and I'm not going to be like ageist or anything, but it's the fact the age Affleck is. It's the fact that he kind of has to play an older, later career Batman. You could de-age him a little bit with CGI, but only so much to make it believable. So, it, Rugs, do you think this is a problem that he, he he has to play Batman at the end of his career? And maybe that's the only Batman he can play. Well, I mean, 
if you look at Christian Bale and everything, he they, there's no real like huge age difference. Like when you look at them both, and there was he was good for three Batman movies, that's and Michael point. Keaton started playing Batman at forty. Oh, that's a good point. So, so like we we haven't ever had a young Batman. That's we true. haven't. It's all relative. So yeah, it could still work. I think. Uh, you know, you dye his hair a little bit, clean shaven. He'll look. You cut twenty years off his life. It works if like, you want to. Christian Bale when he did Batman Begins, he was like thirty seven or something. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I'm not looking it up. Somebody look it up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, okay, okay. I like. I I'm behind that because that's that was my main concern. But hot damn, I want to see a Batfleck written, directed solo standalone movie, uh, and it's happening, and uh, they're gonna get it done now. If you want to check out some cool Batman movies that are coming out, uh, check out – it's coming out uh, later this year, Batman Killing Joke. Oh, yeah. that's going to be awesome. The animated adaptation, and it's been confirmed. This they've been ma- DC Universe has been making these full-featured animation movies for eight years. This is the first – R-rated cartoon they're going to do. Oh, shit. That is awesome. awesome. That is awesome. Not only that, it's Bruce Timm. It's Kevin Conroy voicing Batman. It's Mark Hamill voicing the Joker. This is like a grown-up, adult, mature version of Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. I don't get why... They have such brilliant people working in animation, and none of these people can translate over to film and help guide. All these people, they're like, where's this mystery guy that's going to help guide the DC universe? Well, they're all in the animation department. Go fucking find them. Jay Olivia. Jay Olivia is an amazing uh, animation director and designer, and uh, he's done a lot of these movies. Go ask him some questions and get some suggestions from Jay Olivia. Yeah, it's right there. They're in the same fucking studio. There's a trailer out for Batman Killing Joke. I'm going to put it in the chat here. It's okay. It shows kind of the dark uh, look of the movie. If you've read The Killing Joke, which I highly recommend, Alan Moore, Brian Boland, get the book before watching the movie. This could be an intense, very mature, dark movie. I cannot wait. I know. It's going to be awesome. There's some shots in there that look like I pulled right out of the comic. Absolutely. They nailed the, the whole Brian Boland uh, Brian Bolin-esque artwork. Uh, sticking with the DC uh, EU for a second, we got a new trailer for the Suicide Squad. Rugs, you seen this? Yes, I did. Uh, what did you think about uh, trailer number three of uh, the Suicide Squad, directed by David Ayer? Uh, Jordan's got it right there in the thing. Uh, I love the beginning of it where the, 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 the White House official is like, what if Superman decided to fly down, rip off the roof of the White House, and grab the president right out of the Oval Office? Who would stop him? Which kind of is the reason for forming the Suicide Squad with Amanda Waller. Well, that's cool and all, but I don't think anybody could really hold a candle to Superman. They, you know, they would immediately get their ass kicked, all of those people. I like that it's kind of a nod to like Superman 2, you know, where like Zod and his crew come and they kind of do that. They uh, overtake the White House. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, it yeah. looks good. I feel like this movie's going to be cool. There's a couple of shots of uh, Harley Quinn that are a little sexy. Oh, yeah. Very. And, uh, that's all you really need. Yeah. I mean, you need, there's a lot, it looks like there's going to be lots of guns. There's going to be a little Batman cameo and a flashback or something. We see a lot more Batman in this movie. I think it's going to be flashback and present day because at some point by the end, you got to imagine that Joker and Harley Quinn get away, right? Yeah. So I feel like the flashback will be how Joker got into uh, the where they are in the prison and, the, and then he gets out. And then at the end, Bat shows up. 
There's a little scuffle. Joker and Harley get away. Here's what I did. You did? Is there? Is, is Margot Robbie doing a little Jersey accent in there? Did you notice that at all? I can't really tell what right? kind of accent she's doing. Yeah, me I mean, it, it sounds like it could be East Coast, but I'm not really mm. sure. It's not really heavy. Yeah, it's very like, subtle. Uh, like the one from the cartoon is very heavy. Oh, it's but. very heavy. But uh, here's a couple of things I love about this trailer. Diablo. Diablo looks amazing now. His, uh, he's got a lot of screen time, and uh, he's just bursting fire from every, from his hands. It's badass. I don't know. I mean, I want to see how everybody works out. There's a kind of like a two-faced shot of the Joker with like his face fucked up on one side. I don't know what that's about. That looks awesome. I, I, let me tell you, the more I see of this Joker, the more I'm really excited to see him do this Joker. Apparently, he like hung out with patients at a, a mental asylum. Uh, Jared Leto got way deep into this role. Yeah, he's method, dude. He's very method. But you know what? I kind of like it. I kind of like when he shows up and Harley's like... Uh-oh. Like, he is he the villain? Are they there to take him down? He seems to be one of the main antagonists. Yeah, I mean, this kind of Joker is a different Joker from the comics. It's very different. I don't know how it's going to play. I feel like that um, I'm looking at it positively. Like, it could be cool. It's like a different take, and that's not, you know, as long as it's creative and it still holds the essence of Joker, I'm down. But yeah. I'm kind of on the fence about it. I'm not, like, all in yet. Yeah, I, 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 I love this different take. Uh, I love we got to see Harley's hammer a little bit, her big sledgehammer. Yeah. There was a quick shot of that. And I still, what the fuck are those alien creature things? What is going on there? I have no idea. Maybe that's why they busted them out. Killer Croc looks great, too. I love all his shots. Like, I think his makeup looks really good. Look, the re- main reason I'm excited about this is this is the DC Warner Brothers real chance to show that we are, this universe is going to be good. Uh, they can almost redeem themselves a little bit uh, because it has, it's David Ayers. It has nothing to do with Zack Snyder. And uh, Ayers, uh, so we heard that there were going to be reshoots, three weeks worth of reshoots, and uh, spending millions of dollars. And uh, the, he addressed the fact, the rumors that he was doing this because of the fallout from Batman vs. Superman. He says this is not the case. And I actually love what he said about this. Basically, he tweeted, says, reshoots for humor is silly. When a studio loves your movie and asks what else you got, you go for it. Geek I love that sentiment. That's exactly right. He's they, Why wouldn't you add more shit if they're like, uh, what yeah. else you want to put in here? But reshoots... Sounds like you're redoing something. It does sound like you fucked something up and uh, you got to do it again. They should have a different word for it, like additional footage. Additional principal photography was necessary for the making of this movie. Yeah, not reshoots. Uh, That's a good point. It sounds like you fuck something up and you have to redo it again. Like all of a sudden there's a jet plane, like, you know, sound where you have Joker talking. You're like, oh, we got to redo that. That does sound, yeah. Yeah. That's just semantics. I'm excited for this. I I want the DCEU to be good. Right? Nobody wants this to be bad. I want this shit to be good. And uh, this movie has got me geeked. I have to say one thing. Okay. All right? This shows you, in a way, that you still need Batman to prop everything up. Uh, Unfortunately. You still gotta shove Batman and everything. Because, look, they're showing you more Batman. They were like, oh, people like the Batman. But, or they could have already, this trailer could have been cut before all this, and they were gonna show this anyways. I don't know. It just blows my mind how many people just love Batman. Everyone, think about that shit. Yeah, everyone loves the Bats. Yeah. It definitely struck a chord with people, because, like, you know, who would be thinking that, like, people would be sitting there having arguments over a guy that dresses up like a bat, 
and fucking drives around in a car and fucking it's crazy. Yeah. And people are like it's like a religion to some people. The guy's a little bit psychotic if you actually think about what he's yeah. doing and why. Like he's not all there. He's this. He's one. As if you read the Killing Joke, one of the points in there is that he's one day away from being the Joker, from being someone who is in Arkham as opposed to someone who puts people in Arkham. It's really that close. I really, yeah, it's true. He's fucking psycho, which is the beauty of it. Okay, let's move on to the MCU. We got another trailer, people. Oh, uh, shit. Man, this week, <laughs> let me tell you, this is one of the weeks that I wish we had a daily show. Because uh, I wanted to podcast every day. Every day something came out and I was like, <laughs> oh, I wish we had a show today. Doctor Strange. It was Marvel Week on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Uh, everybody was on. And on Tuesday, they broke the teaser for the first Doctor Strange movie. Rugs, what would you think of this? It looks good. Right? I mean, they show you just enough to get you like a little like, interested. They wet their whistle a little bit. <laughs> Jordan, they Jordan give says, you a drink. "Yeah," but they did a good. Jordan says this is the trailer of the year, and you know she's a she's a Cumberbitch fan. We're all gonna be Cumberbitches, like I said in the last show. Uh, they did a good job of setting up what it is. I think people who don't know Doctor Strange, you get the fact that. He was kind of a brash dick doctor. There was an accident. He couldn't use his hands. He goes on a trip to fix his hands. I love that they're staying true to the comics origin right down to the car accident that causes him to damage his hands. Yeah. Uh, and he has an American accent, the the, the Cumber, Cumberpatch he, does. He should. I guess he never he was British. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. But if he had just done his voice, I still would have bought it because uh, Strange is kind of that kind of character. You know? Listen, I think I think Benedict Cumberbatch went and was like, yo, let me talk about this Doctor Strange dude. He's American, right? Well, I'm doing an American accent. That's it. That's good. And then if you ever watch the Doctor Strange animation, which is actually not too bad. If oh, you yeah? Watch that movie. Yeah, they have it on Netflix, I believe, or they used to have it on Netflix. I don't know where it is now. But, uh, yeah, he's an American in that, too. So anytime I've seen an a incarnation of Doctor Strange, he's always had an, he's always been American. So. It's a, it's a very well-cut trailer. I love the voiceover. I love that you get that he's jaded. And he doesn't believe in this mystical shit. And then by the end, you see when you see the bald Tilda Swinton playing the ancient one, what do you think of her look in this? Well, I don't know. I, I feel like there's going to be – did they whitewash that character too? Was she supposed to be Asian and then they made her uh, Tilda Swinton? I believe it was like an Asian man and now it's Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Well, they gender swapped <laughs> and then they whitewashed. <laughs> Uh, but I love seeing the astral plane. I love that bit where she shoves him and then you see him floating. Oh, and I love that. Yeah. It, I love that. It's so trippy and mind bendy. And uh, of course, you're going to the comparisons to Inception are coming up with that whole scene. I of, was about to say that. Yeah. With the whole. Well, yeah, you know what? It's OK. We'll see how they use that. He's falling through. You could see that. And the, the, the city is folding on itself. It looks like they're using, you know, scientific things to kind of explain like. Not scientific things, but the way space folds in on itself, you know, or physics in some of these multi-dimensional theories, you know. So they're kind of using some of that scientific shit into the magic to kind of legitimize it a little bit. And I like, yeah, I like how (laughs) I like how in Ant Man we got a little bit of just a weird microverse to give us a taste of some crazy shit like that, right? Uh, I like that we don't see him in full costume, even at the end. You just see him in shadow with the cape. Which, have you noticed every poster he's on, it's his back? 
Yeah. If you look up the poster for Star Trek Into Darkness. Maybe he's not wearing pants. The, the, uh, the <laughs> imitation game and the Doctor Strange poster. It's all Benedict Cumberbatch uh, facing away from the camera. You just see his back. I don't know why he does that. It's funny. Uh, and Scott Derrickson directing, who is a horror movie director, and you really get a sense of some of that in this trailer. I'm excited for this movie. It um, looks like it's going to be decent. I'm stoked. I uh, believe it's coming out in November. But before that, we got another big thing we got to talk about. Captain America Civil War had its premiere. It's been screened. The reviews are out. And I, I like you, Rugs, I believe we don't want to see anymore. This Jordan is playing this one clip. It's the only thing I watched. And it's a great conversation between Tony and uh, Steve. And I just love it because you see the vision wearing like a, G- like a sweater, a uh, V-neck sweater. That it's just, it's just awesome. I don't know why that just makes me uh, – that gives me a vision wearing a sweater. It shouldn't really be that much, but it's awesome. <laughs> what else would he wear? He would walk around naked? I mean he doesn't have any junk. He doesn't have to wear pants if he didn't yeah, want to. He could. How does he hook up with the with, with Scarlet Witch if he doesn't have a dong? I don't know. She's got a she's got to interface with his circuits, you know. Oh, but she's a witch. She can make anything she wants happen. He's got like a USB dongle, maybe. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a, no dong, but he's got a dongle. He's got a dongle and an HDMI port. Uh, look, this movie being shown a month before really tells me that they're very confident about this movie. And now I'm trying not to spoil it, but the reviews already are like, this movie's amazing. Uh, it's on, okay, on Rotten Tomatoes with a total of 18 reviews. It's at 94%. Not, DC, you should look. You should look at this. Too and, and David shabby. Zika virus, you should look at this too. The reason. There's a bug virus named after you. Listen, this is going to be, this is how uh, heroes should fight. And uh, look, I bought my ticket earlier today for day one for opening Yowzers. day. I will be there. I cannot wait. Now, I don't even know, when are we going to do a review show about this? I That's don't know. As, as soon as all you fuckers watch it and we can get on and review it, it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm just, I'm so excited. The problem is it's going to be hard to avoid any more TV spots, spoilers, reviews. Like I don't, I don't want to see anymore. I I just want to see the movie. So I'm imposing a self-inflicted media blackout on anything civil war until the thing comes out. It's easy for me to skip all this shit because I just watch DVR. I skipped all the commercials anyway. Yeah, no, I do that too. So, but you know, when you scroll through your Facebook page, people are going to have spoilers. You see just headlines and you try not to watch or read it. I don't have Facebook. You don't have Facebook. So you don't have that problem. Now, as we all know in this movie, we are going to be introduced to one Tom Holland Spider-Man. Geek Woner. And we have some news about the Spider-Man reboot coming out in 2017. Rugs, the title is official. The one you didn't like. This movie is going to be called Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, I figured. Now, look at this lovely logo. Listener, check the show notes. If you haven't seen it, jockandnerd.com slash 94. Uh, I'm going to describe it real quick. It is a playful uh, logo title. Uh, a yellow, yellow font with a slight curve and the word Homecoming underneath in a handwritten font. And the O has a little spider uh, icon in it. Uh, Ruggs, what do you think of just the design of the logo? It's I, fine. I think it's really telling what kind of movie we're going to get. 
It looks like it's going to be a Spider-Man movie. Well, it's going to be a very playful Spider-Man movie. It almost looks like a a, a cartoon uh, logo for a cartoon show, though. Yeah, it's that, a little bit kind of. It, it seems like it's it's kind of <laughs> be geared to younger kids. Jordan says it looks like they made it in PowerPoint. Oh shit! <laughs> oh snap! But you know what? It's kind of in line with their naming of their other movies. If you think about. Captain America, the first Avenger, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Thor, the Dark World, outside of the Iron Man movies that have numbers. You know, I like that they don't kind of do the number thing. Uh, So here's what we know about this movie so far. There's a bunch of shit. Uh, The deal with Sony and Marvel is that it's a Marvel Studios movie distributed by Sony, but Marvel's handling the creative side, which is wonderful. That's how it should be. So Sony's just putting it out. Yep. I think they've uh, learned a lesson or two from the past uh, Spider-Man movies that they uh, kind of flopped on. So who makes the money on this? They split mm, it? I don't know what the split is. That's a really good question because it's going to make some change. Uh, the, so, the, you know, the, the homecoming part, it works on several levels as we talked. Coming home to Marvel. Uh, it's, it's a high school. We know it's going to be young. Peter Parker, he's going to be 15. It's a coming-of-age story. Director John Watts and writers Jonathan M. Goldstein and John Francis Daly have said that. They've confirmed their version of Spider-Man will be a coming-of-age story. It's a teenage Peter Parker. And uh, remember we said it's kind of like a John Hughes vibe. So it already it's, it's, it's humor and it's fun. That's what this, this logo tells me. Huh. Uh, Kevin Feige has said that there are no restrictions on which MCU characters can or can't appear. And you would think that maybe uh, RDJ would do a cameo as uh, Tony Stark. I think he's, uh, uh, he's kind of hinted at that. But, uh, yeah, that would be cool right? as well. Uh, we will see a younger MA in Marissa Tomei, also something we haven't really seen before. There will be a non-J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson. Oh. Well, at least I like Aunt May I. Do you know what I read? Who they might be looking at for J. Jonah Jameson? This is kind of awesome. Okay. Who Ice fucking cube. Oh, shit. Ice cube as J. Jonah Jameson. Now, think of him in the 21 Jump Street movies. I think he'd be perfect as J. Jonah Jameson. Him yelling. I don't know. Ice cube? <laughs> ice cube. I love ice cube, but come on. Give me a fucking break. I don't think that's good. Look, he's and for all intents and purposes, he, Barbershop's coming no. out. He's got he's got the uh, those family movies. Uh, look, in, in the Jump Street movies, he's kind of J. Jonah Jameson. He's just like a big dick who yells at them. Yeah, but his acting is terrible in that. Yeah. Well, he's always the same guy. You know, you never get like he's always just Ice Cube being a person. Yeah, no, that's what he's going to be. I mean, it's not going to live up to uh, J.K. Simmons, who was the best fucking. No fucking way. I mean, you can get like Idris Elba to be fucking J.J. on Jameson. He could fucking do it. You know, like anybody else. But Ice Cube, funny. Like, I can't act. I don't care if he's black. <laughs> I just I just don't. He's just not a good actor. How funny would I mean, it be? I, love Ice Cube. I, I mean, come on. I mean, who cares? Who gives a shit? It's Spider Man. Who gives a fuck? Okay. Uh, we also know it's not an origin story. That's awesome. We everybody and their mother knows how this happens. Babies know how the Peter Parker becomes Spider Man. Please don't show us this again. And they're not going to show us this again. Uh, we know a Stark industry suit will probably be present, given how the, what we saw in the trailer uh, that Tony Stark. He probably gave him the suit. So that's why I think maybe RDJ will be in there. Uh, hopefully Sony has learned from their their past mistakes and they won't meddle and they'll just let Marvel make the movie. You guys put it out. 
Hopefully this will erase emo Peter Parker dancing from everyone's memory. I would love for that to be erased from our minds. Well, for me, Andrew Garfield was great, and he helped erase that memory for me. That's okay. That is true. Now, regarding the villain, this is where stuff gets a little bit interesting. Uh, Michael Keaton is in talks to play the villain that's rumored to be possibly the Vulture. Geek Mooner! This Michael Keaton from Batman to Birdman... To the Vulture. It's Batman versus Spider-Man, everybody. Oh, yeah. What do you think about that, Ruggs? Yeah, the Vulture's not really Spider-Man's coolest bad guy. No, but uh, Sam Raimi wanted to use him for if he was going to do Spider-Man 4. Well, that's cool. I mean, a flying old guy is fine. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he could be, maybe he's like a teacher of Peter's and, uh, you know, there's going to be some kind of connection. But, you know, I thought who else Michael Keaton might want, who could play a good villain? He could be a good Jackal. Yeah. He could be a good Norman Osborn. Yeah. Green Goblin. He could be maybe a Morlin. That would be a little far-fetched. He could make a good Mysterio. Mysterio would be cool. But I think, here's the thing. Uh, Devin Faraci, uh called that this called this title before it was confirmed. Faraci also called Michael Keaton was involved. Faraci also has come out and said that it's going to be the Vulture. Faraci, uh, he gets all these scoops, man. So I feel like we're going to see Michael Keaton as the Vulture. I think visually the Vulture would be cool because you got flying around and shit. And then you could be chasing them, but which is cool. I don't know. I mean, Mysterio would be like a lot, well, a lot of crazy shit could happen with that because I mean, it's all effects and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, we have Falcon, so like now there's gonna be another flying around flight suit harness guy. But whatever, a vulture would be awesome. Uh, this just dropped today. There's more casting revealed. Deadline reports. Tony Revolori, who starred in the Grand Budapest Hotel, has been cast as a nemesis at school. But not a supervillain. Maybe Flash Thompson. Uh, then the rap reports actress Laura Harrier from One Life to Live is joining the cast in a significant role. And they're joining already cast member Zendaya. Now, this is a great diverse cast right here. Tony is Guatemalan. Uh, Lori, Laura is African-American. And Zendaya is Zendanese. I don't know what she is. Maybe she's a space alien. That sounds like a space alien name. But... I love Zendanese is, is a real thing. No, I just made that up. Oh, oh shit. I fucking bought that. Gotcha. Shit. Uh, uh, but I already love the diversity in this cast and what they're doing. It's fantastic. This is, this is going to be great. John Watts directing, uh, who did cop car coming out 2017. Of course, look at me. Look, I'm, uh, I can't be more geeked for the Spider-Man movie. Uh, you know, you know, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I'll be there. Uh, moving on to some Fox Marvel news. To the surprise of no one, uh, Deadpool 2 officially announced. Cool. With Cable. The whole creative team is back, people. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick writing, and Tim Miller. Uh, There's no release date for the sequel. Now, Ruggs, let me ask you this question. The fact that this movie was made on a tiny budget and made shitloads of money, do you think they should make this on a similar budget? I think they should do close to doubling it oh really i think if i because i i think uh, the the special effects because it used a little bit more monies yeah but i just you know you don't want to i don't want it to be like you give them 250 million and just it's too sometimes it's too much that's too much money you got it like what was it 70 million it was like 60 million so 120 
A hundred. Just make it a cool hundred. Yeah, that, that, okay, I'll go with that. Let's give them a They'll little bit They'll make their more. money back easily on Absolutely. the first weekend. Absolutely. but That's I, a safe bet. Yeah. But I love, you know, having these filmmakers uh, go up against the challenges with a smaller budget. But, man, yeah, let's round it up to $100 million and it could still feel like kind of a low-budget fun. That's another $40 million bucks. They could do it. That's nothing. They made that in, like, an hour when this movie came out, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on to Marvel on Netflix. Uh, Dare, uh, Daredevil's Charlie Cox kind of uh, let it slip when the Defenders – it's going to start filming. He didn't have any news about Daredevil Season 3, but he said, uh, what we know is at the end of this year, we're going to be making The Defenders. And, of course, Daredevil is very much part of that foursome. I think uh, Hornhead gets the team together. So we're going to have uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and then a Defenders. Uh, so if they're filming late this year, it's probably going to come out the second half of 2017, possibly. I see like the be a long time before the season three of Daredevil then. Yes. Uh there there it's gonna be a long time. But they gotta they have to uh they gotta get to the defenders. Everybody, they were you know, they were contracted for these five series is 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 Defenders being the fifth one. But they left Daredevil with this hanging thing with I know, Electra. I know, and now we're gonna have to wait. Uh, well, I probably have to wait over a, a year and a half for that. Possi- That's bullshit. Possibly a year and a half or two years. But but you know what? They could address some of that. There's no reason they could address some of that in the Defenders. They could. Also, the showrunners from season two are the showrunners for the Defenders series. Very good news. Because they know That's how to. Stephen S. D. Knight. He no, stayed. No, 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 not him. The uh, the guys who did the second season, which is Douglas Petrie and Marco Ramirez, uh, and Drew Goddard will also return as executive producer. So pretty much the same showrunners from the second season who proved to us they can handle like a bunch of characters and different storylines. This is going to be a great exercise for them to get the four of these together and give everyone enough time and story. To get a really satisfying Defenders uh, series on Netflix. It's going to be awesome. Cool, man. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, moving on to another Netflix show, Luke Cage, that will uh, come out later this year. Uh, the, 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 the people making this are calling, they're saying this is going to be the wire of Marvel television. Geek Mooner. The wire being that awesome crime HBO uh, series. I love that they've they have uh, they're comparing this to The Wire. That's awesome. That's what you want. So it's going to be like really street level. Yes. Now, ready. Yes. And here's how they add the grit. This again. This news got me really excited. Uh, the uh, uh, the showrunner Chio Hodari Coker, who also wrote the first two episodes of Luke Cage, he had this to say. He says it's very sophisticated. I mean, it's got a '90s hip hop vibe. But it's really forward thinking. We have composer slash music producer Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Muhammad from the Tribe Called Quest doing the scoring from us. Oh, shit. Are you you kidding me? Fucking Tribe Called Quest is doing the music for Luke Cage. This gets better and better. Uh, They said they have a lot of different musical appearances. But at the same time, we've got the Marvel action. We've got drama. Uh, he's like, I, I, I would like this to be, I know this is heavy, but the wire of Marvel television. Oh, this is fantastic, man. I can't, I can't wait for this. This is, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be dope. And like we, it's set in Harlem. So we're going to see some music. We're going to see some gritty street action and social issues. I cannot wait. I feel like Luke Cage is kind of like sarcastic and, and a little bit lighter than what we've seen so far from Marvel TV. Oh. He might be a little bit more, it might be more funny. 
But like they're saying that it's not going to be funny. It's going to be like The Wire. The Wire is not funny. But, you know, there's you put in elements of humor into drama properly and it works well. Like really it should be a mix of everything. It shouldn't be one yeah. thing. Just like life. It should be funny. It should make you cry. It should make you scared. And it should be gritty, you know? Like The Sopranos. Like The Sopranos, exactly. It's a perfect example. Like, the show is dark and darkly comic, and it made you root for psychopaths, which was unbelievable. Indeed. I uh, miss that show. Yeah. I miss James Gandolfini. Yeah, uh, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yes. Yeah, it's true. It's a fact, people. Uh, all right. Enough with the Marvel stuff. We have uh, some other geek trailer that came out that's going to make rugs go. Geek boner. Maybe. Uh, of course, I'm talking about uh, the new Godzilla Resurgence trailer from Japan. Toho Godzilla. Or if you're Japanese, you call it Shin Gojira. Shin Gojira. Uh, That's right. This trailer, uh, link in the show notes if you haven't seen it. It's very quick. It's 30 seconds. But hot damn, it starts right out with Godzilla. Like first frame, right? Pretty much. You see yeah. him right away and you hear the scream. Rugs, you are the Godzilla fan slash experts. What did you think about this trailer, first of all? Well, this is uh, – it's hard. I, I, I'm kind of like uh, on the fence. Uh, again, I'm the, I'm a fence sitter. I like to sit on the fence. <laughs> you fucking pole sitter. I mean fence Yeah. <laughs> all right. So obviously if you've ever seen a Japanese Godzilla movie, they're low budget as fuck. Like they're on a soundstage. You know, they're building miniatures, you know, that obviously don't look real. Uh, some people like, you know, love these miniatures that they built or Godzilla to stomp on. They've kind of went the other way. They kind of are trying to ground it in reality. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a real city and and they've composited it well using computer graphics and making it look like he's really there. And uh, I, I love the scale of him in the shots with the tail going over and him towering yeah. over the buildings. It's but very modern. Really it's modern looking. You're right. What are you worried? I'm about? very worried about he's not really doing anything. He's just kind like of like the first shot there. that they show Godzilla roaring. It's obviously a puppet. He's doing just like this. Yeah. Ah! The, rugs. You should have. They, they should have had you fill in for that role. Yeah. You did that very well. Done. You did it very yeah. well. Ah! <laughs> yeah. See, like it's obviously a puppet. Look at that but, tail, um, though. Jesus, it's huge. Yeah, well, big deal. It's a tail. Uh, his <laughs> tail is very long, but he's not really doing anything. He's just kind of standing there, and he's got these little tiny, like, T-Rex arms. And that's not what got that. You know, it's just weird. It, that's, that doesn't really fit him. But you know what? I'm hoping that there's more. I'm hoping that there's more. Like, look, I'm going to say this. I'm going to eat my words, okay? Okay. He actually looks pretty cool, except for the small arms. The tiny arms. You and Anthony keep referencing the tiny arms, and it's starting to bother me now. Now, look, Rugs, for the casual fan, the listener, why don't you tell us what what are the traits that a good Godzilla should have that are maybe lacking from uh, this Gojira? Well, the thing about Godzilla is that (laughs) if you – it depends. Every there's a million kinds of different Godzillas. If there's like thirty movies and he looks different in every one slightly, and uh, some 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 traits go, some traits come. But the things that if you're gonna stick with the original, yeah, you got a bunch of things. You know, you got like the way the spines look. They have to be in that kind of like uh, it looks kind of like a tree. You know, yeah, um, like they have like almost like a Christmas tree. All right. Oh, okay. Spine. Yeah, it's kind of feathered you know? out that way. Yeah, Scout. yeah, yeah. He's got fangs in the original movie. All right. He's got one row of teeth, not a million rows of teeth like this guy has. <laughs> He's got All right. A bad dentist. Uh, she should have four claws on each hand and they should be bone colored. 
You know, all of these things were on the original. And uh, he's got to have three rows of fins, all that stuff. And he should be proportionate to a human being, you know? Oh, so, the, so the arms just need to be proportionate to his body instead of being yeah, like T-Rex arms. Because he's not a T-Rex. He's something else. In fact, Gojira means whale gorilla or gorilla whale oh. if you translate it in Japanese. Oh. So he's supposed to be something completely different than a dinosaur. Look at so, this. The rug boy is bilingual, everybody. Oh, shit. That's surprising. Yeah. <laughs> Rugs, uh, Frederick J. Bird in the chat says, did you see the last Japanese Godzilla? That too was CGI Godzilla, though poor quality. What the fuck is he talking about? What was the Japanese uh, Godzilla before this? The last Japanese Godzilla was Final Wars. Yeah. And it wasn't CG. It was a suit. They're all suits, right? Yeah, it was a suit. Frederick J. Bird says, I love the moment you first see Godzilla in the original. Or I love the I mean, I kinda like the red kind of thing, but it's a very yeah, it's cool. very short, very short trailer. Just 30 seconds. And it's coming no, out. No, there's a July. longer one. There's a longer one that's like a minute long. Oh, I didn't see that one. It's the same you see the same shit. It's like really like you see the same amount of Godzilla. Yo, we got lots of furries in the house. Thanks for hanging out. Cosmo Fox says, bring back Mecha Godzilla. We got some Absolutely. God- we got some furry Godzilla fans. I uh, I love it. This is a puppet that they're using. They, they even said it's going. It's like they're not using a guy in a suit at all. They're using like, a, well, the guy's inside the puppet. Oh, oh, so a bunch of people. Like, kind of oh, like Jabba arm is like working the top of the mouth and stuff in like, the head. Kind of like Jabba the Hut, where it was like eight yeah. people. Well, kind of like Big Bird, if you want to say it. Like, oh yes, it, yes, Carol Spinney on Sesame Street. He actually. He, his hand goes straight up into the mouth of Big Bird, which is That's got, why he's got the longer neck. That's got to be like, fucking what? tiring, though. Let me tell you what. You got to walk around with your hand yeah. up in there all the time. Yikes. And I think that they're going to animate the, the little tiny hands via, you know, uh. graphics. Huh. I think it's like a whole thing. I don't know. I can't wait to see how they made it. But I, to me, it looks like the tail's animated by computer graphics and swipping around. And everything else is just kind of static. And they're just kind of like... It's like he's just being pushed on a cart with his legs. You know, like that thing where like the legs move up and down, but yeah. that, like he's just being pushed on a cart. It's like a Spike Lee shot. It's that where the, yeah. he's just tracking. He's not walking, but he's moving forward. Uh, look, I like uh, the little modern modernization of the look of the film. No, it looks you know? great. Yeah. I mean, the polish of the film, it looks like a real fucking thing. I mean, it looks TV quality, American TV quality. It doesn't look uh, quite film, American film level. Yeah, but. Like Gareth Evans, Godzilla was just there's there's nothing there's nothing gonna happen that's that good from Japan. I think our boy uh, John Bellotti Jr. Uh, was uh, like this uh, trailer. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, that's to be expected. Yeah, he likes anything Godzilla. He is so <laughs> John Bellotti has such a respect for Japan. Like he's all about these Japanese guys. Yeah, which they're cool and all, but I mean, we, we gotta like let's look at the the grand scheme of like. Of, of of art the the art of making effects and we just were k- are killing them left and right. There's no way we're even even anywhere near. They're nowhere near us. You, you know, know he, we're, he, we're, we're we're the pinnacle. He suffers from like look. This is the same thing that's happening with Batman versus Superman. Uh, I'm just gonna call it fanboyitis, where you are just a huge fanboy and you're blinded by anything and you want it to be good and you just think everything's good. The jock just showed up in the chat room. Fucking old good earth to you, uh, Anthony, old strep throat jock. Oh, Godzilla got him up. Godzilla's <laughs> like, oh, shit, I got to fucking. Well, we're done talking about Godzilla. You missed it. Moving on to the yeah. next thing. Uh, we've talked about Avatar. 
in the past, we've talked about how this movie was huge, but nobody talks about it. Well, uh, James Cameron has announced Avatar is going to get a sequel. Not one sequel. Not two sequels. Uh, four motherfucking sequels. Geek boner. Now, That's too many. I think it's a little overkill. I think one would have been good. Check it out. At the 20th Century Fox panel in CinemaCon, which, where a lot of this stuff broke, CineCon, uh, he's t- talking about Avatar uh, coming out in the years 2018, 2020, 2022, and 2023. All Christmas releases. Isn't Fuck. he going to be dead by then? <laughs> Look, he's like 70 years old. He's, he's like in his 60s, and by the time the last movie comes out. But you know what? George Miller... What's 73 when he made fucking uh, this Mad Max movie? It could be done. This, yeah. This, look, sure. by the time this first sequel comes out, it'll be nine years since the Avatar come out. I don't even know if anyone is going to remember what the fuck Avatar is. Remember the Pandora and the Navi and Unobtainium? Uh, but clearly he's got lots of stories. He said that these are going to be standalone films, but they're going to have like an overarching connection. Uh, and there was talk of like an underwater thing. Uh, Anthony says, what movies is he going to copy this time? That's a good question because the only complaint to Avatar is that it's not really original story. It's- well, they should just keep copying like uh, Indian versus like white men movies. <laughs> like uh, like they should do The Revenant. Well, <laughs> they can redo The Revenant. Just, yeah. The, you know, it was uh, Dances with Wolves meets Pocahontas meets Ferngully meets that. It's an old story, obviously. Yeah. It's been done over and over again. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. He must have, look, this is Cameron, man. He's, he's never put out a bad sequel. Has he really? He, he's he, there at this point, Hollywood no, Cameron's the man. Like you can't, you can always bet on Cameron to give you something. But in this world of franchises and, uh, cinematic properties, I feel like he feels like he's got to compete with the star Wars is and the Marvel's is and the DC's is, is I think he's going to do fine. <laughs> I'm not worried. James Cameron is the man. Like it's like, just like George Miller. Yeah, fucking is the man. Yeah, James Cameron is the man. Anthony says he wants to see Titanic two, where uh, it's all about the Hindenburg crashing. Oh shit! (laughs) That would be great. Finally, last bit of funny news. Uh, deals with uh, Wizard World. Wizard World does uh, does a, a convention every year in Chicago late in the summer. Well, yeah. they, they've announced a new convention, and it's on a cruise ship. Oh, shit. This is uh, Wizard World has announced plans for a December comic convention on a cruise ship. It's set for December 2nd to 5th, departing from the Port of Miami and going to the Bahamas. It's a three-night cruise aboard the Norwegian Sky. Uh, Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead is the lead guest right now. They're going to have Artist Alley. They're going to have cosplay co- uh, contest, traditional Exhibition vendors and exhibitors. Uh, here's the price tag: seven hundred and fifty bucks a person for the three day cruise. Includes meals, open bar, and photos with celebrity guests. Rugs, would you go to this? I don't know. I've never been on a cruise, but this—I mean, this might get me on a fucking boat. I don't know about going on a boat to sea for that long. I mean. I don't know. I would probably throw myself off the boat if I had to be around geeks all that all that time. Anthony says that's pretty cheap for a cruise. Of course, the jock has been to all sorts of parties on all sorts like, of vehicles. Now, like it's weird because, like, I don't want to be on a locked on a boat with a bunch of fat people, <laughs> or sweaty, oh, weird people who don't know how to bathe. 
Can you just picture comic convention goers? Do you want to be on a boat with them for three days? That might be a good point. Now, yeah, I mean, I've been to a comic con. I've seen these people, <laughs> and I'm one of these people. But like, you know, I don't want to be trapped on a boat. I want to be able to get out of the confunk. I, I want to be able to get out of that. I smell. mean, I like this idea. They're trying something different. I, this guy at work, I know, he goes every year to the this rock cruise with like old old eighties metal bands like Rat and. Uh, uh, who else? Like just those kind of obscure metal bands. He goes every year to the point where the bands know him and his wife, like they're buddy buddies, because they're on this metal cruise. So it's a- oh yeah. If you want to get uh, if you want to get to know somebody, but you know you probably could lock on- onto them and like stalk them there, but like. I'm Norton. sure that they're going to want to kill you. Dude, Norman Reedus is going to be so grumpy by the end of that oh, cruise, shit. I imagine. <laughs> he might have his, like, his own deck. Like, it, it's unaccessible for anybody. I mean, I think Reedus will pull some guests. Anthony said they need some legit celebs on that. Uh, the Norman Reedus, that's a big get right there. Yeah. He's going to have his own dick on the boat. All right, gang, that wraps up the new segment. Let's get to this week's TV shows. After these messages... Hey, Imran. Hey, Rugboy. Wouldn't it be great since we're putting out all this content that our listeners could support us? Maybe we had some kind of, like, website or a way for them to do that? Rugs, that's a great idea. Give me one second. I'll be right back. Jock and Nerd. Okay, it's all set up, listener. Just visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Wowie zowie. Patreon is our virtual tip jar where you can donate any amount of money either per month or a nice large sum all at once and on that patreon you get bonus content as imran mentioned but if we hit certain plateaus every month we improve our production quality we get better equipment we get on more platforms it only helps us so please get on to patreon.com slash jock and nerd or jock and slash patreon and support the show Jock-tastic. i hear change jingling in your pocket <laughs> don't fucking fuck me over guys do it Do you like superheroes? Do you like comics? Do you like film? Do you like comics and films about superheroes? Well, then you're in luck because we here at A Place to Hang Your Cape have everything for you. We've got reviews. We've got interviews. We've got list articles. We've even got a few videos coming up. Anything you could possibly want that's relating to superheroes, we have A Place to Hang Your Cape, where superheroes go to hang their cape. The name is self-explanatory, really. I don't know why I have to explain it, but there you go. Find it at ap2hyc.com. The H stands for H. (laughs) (laughs) The H. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Spoiler alert. There's your first spoiler alert. For this week's TV shows, we are starting with Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3. Yes. Episode 16, titled Paradise Lost. What would you think of this episode? We got to learn a lot about Gideon Malik through flashbacks. Yes, we learned about his childhood and how his dad was part of the, what do you call it, the cabal? Uh, it was shit? part of like, he was part of uh, this, uh, it was Hydra, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like Hydra's like little meetings where they're trying to get, uh, you know, what do you, what do they call the them? White the white pe- Anthony says the white pebble clan. Basically, yeah, they would do what they had a ritual where you pick a rock out of a bag and one of you gets sent uh, over to Maveth as a sacrifice for uh, the hive over there. I guess. Yeah. So like whoever picked the black rock had to jump into the that pool of black gooey stuff, and then uh, you know whatever that thing is would eat them, but. 
Young Gideon Malik. I liked how the Malik brothers, uh, initially Gideon was not down with Hydra. He didn't want to have anything to do with them. Yeah. And we get to see Whitehall uh, in the prison where he was placed by Agent Carter at the end of season one. That was kind of a nice thing. Right. That was an awesome connection. And so he tells him, go check out this book, Paradise Lost, in your dad's library. And there's a little cheat rock with a notch. And the, the boys are just uh, heartbroken that their dad was cheating to stay alive. But fuck, I would do the same thing. I'm not going through that fucking rock if I got a way around it. Yeah, so basically, you know, Malik finds out his dad's a fucking cheater. And then he's like, yeah, I would never do that. But then he does it. And he's a kid. And then his brother, who is also part of this group that draws the rocks out and gets picked. Yep. He gets picked. Yep. And his brother ends up dying or going over to Maveth. And then... Heartbreaking. Yeah. So anyway, so then Ward is Hive now or whatever the fuck he is. He actually, we and found he's got out all the memories. Yes. He's got all the memories and he's even got the memories of, of uh, his brother. He must that- have in- inhabited his brother. He remembers uh, memories from everybody. He's uh, taken their body over. Yeah. So he had, he knew that, uh, you know, Malik was, was kind of like uh, not the guy to lead Hydra. I mean, he calls, I love how he calls uh, Gideon out in front of his daughter, you know? Yeah. Here's my only problem with the white pebble shit. What if somebody fucking picks it before you do? They didn't think about that. Well, how, what's the answer to that? Oh yeah. They, well, <laughs> then you can hold on to the white. I think you just switch them out in your hands. Oh yeah. Maybe you just reach in there with it and be like, "Yeah." Oh, that's what he did because he popped it. Okay, I'm wrong. He popped it out of his uh, sleeve and then pretended to pull it out. Yeah. Okay. So good. They closed the pothole there. Uh, anyways, Hive. Uh, this whole time. Hive's like, I need a Malik. And we're like, is he going to kill Gideon or is he going to kill someone else? Because the last episode, Gideon got a flash and he tells us that he thinks he saw his death at the at the hands of Hive. So the whole time he's thinking he's going to go like tonight because Hive just shows up in his house and, and calls the inner circle and uh, shows everybody that he looks like the dude from Pirates of the Caribbean with tentacles. What was his name? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of – we, we saw the – John Oliver? Yeah, John Oliver. We saw no, the, his name is something. I don't remember. Uh, isn't that uh, – I forget his name. But we saw the back – we didn't see his face. We saw the back of his head and it was all slimy tentacles. Medusa. It was very Medusa-like yeah. too, Anthony. He's right. Uh, so he – instead of killing Malik. He kills his daughter and he goes, now you kills know. his hot daughter, he calls his yeah. hot daughter. And he goes, now, you know, sacrifice. Now we're ready. I was like, oh shit, dude. Uh, Malik is all fucked up now. Yeah. So basically that was most of the episode. What was the other stuff? In the, uh, the other stuff was, well, there was a couple of great lines. May, uh, May was like, I thought you killed him. And then she goes, well, you didn't kill him hard enough, which was great. Yeah. She's that was that thing. That was really weird for for uh, Coulson to be like all bent out of shape over like not killing Ward good enough. I know. Now he's like, what? Well, well, his reasoning is because I killed him, I gave birth to Hive. I shouldn't have. Ki- Basically, he's like, I shouldn't have killed him, but he didn't really have a choice. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I think that was weird. And uh, meantime, Fitz and Simmons are kind of figuring out what the fuck Hive is. That he controls little organisms that eat other organisms. And, uh, and that gives him life. Yeah. He did it for I think he's like made up. Anthony said too. Maybe he's yeah. like a big, is he like a big swarm of stuff? Cause like whenever he uses his powers, like, like little pieces fly off of him. Well, yeah, he's a parasite. So like he's made up of a bunch of parasites. 
Yeah. Uh, Anthony's right. He says he was Coulson was pissed because he did it out of vengeance instead of, you know, he let his emotions get the best of him. And uh, that little slip up caused a uh, high ward, you know? So what do you think of the episode? Did you like it? Were you a big fan? Uh, I here's uh, it was good. There's a couple things I didn't buy. The whole fucking Lincoln uh, thing where he's like they go to visit his friend and he's like, oh, Lincoln has he almost killed his girlfriend. I'm like, I don't buy for one second that this dude almost killed anybody. He's too like pretty boy for to have a. Dumb yeah, but he didn't he like get get into an accident in a car. Uh, yeah. It turns out yeah, it was a little drunk driving and he wrapped the car on the tree and. Almost killed his girlfriend, uh, but uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, but they so they visit uh, this a friend of theirs from uh, afterlife that didn't get powers, and they get this Cree ball. What is this ball? <laughs> I'm, a- <laughs> I'm reading the stupid chat. <laughs> What's in the I, chat? Okay, look. he's talking about balls in my mouth, Anthony. <laughs> he's not here, but he's fucking me up now. I gotta not look at that. All right, so what were you saying, uh, you saying about the Cree balls? I am, look, listener, I'm wearing a shirt with my face. Uh, only a douchebag would do that. It's the Jock and Nerd Podcast shirt. Uh, we'll explain more at the end of the show uh, for uh, all you people. Anyways, look, we have uh, another thing I like was Guerra, the little showdown with Guerra where they kind of lock him in with me and they have a nice little battle and there's nothing he can throw around because he can like move stuff with his hands. So the, yeah. But, but he fucking gets out of that. At the end, he dives the plane down into Hydra. Meanwhile, Lincoln and Daisy are on the Quinjet, and I kind of enjoyed at the end where they're like, secret warriors assemble. They're going to go find Yo-Yo. They're going to find Joey Gutierrez. They're going to have to do a little save mission. Like, it all went to shit at the end. So that was... So there's just four of them. So right now, there's the four of them. I think one of them ain't going to make it to the end of the season also. so No Yo-Yo for you? No yo yo. You can't have somebody who doesn't speak English. You can't play with my yo yo. Uh, but I uh, I liked uh, I, li- I liked that part, and I liked uh, I liked I didn't expect that ending with uh, Guerra escaping and whatnot. I know it's uh it was cool to at least get the whole you know skinny on Hive and know what he's about and yeah. uh, know that he's fucking badass. So yeah, no, he doesn't I, give a fuck. Yeah, I like that they didn't you know they told us what what Malik saw in his flashback. They're giving us information. The show is moving forward. Uh, it's good stuff. Uh, any final thoughts, Rugs? No. I enjoyed the episode. It was an entertaining intermission. <laughs> That's what Jordan says. Okay, moving on to the next show. Bro, do you even podcast? I threw a little Anthony sound clip in there. We are going to be talking about this week's Supergirl. On CBS. Oh. Yeah. Epis- I watched it. Good. Season one, episode 19, titled Myriad. Now, we discussed the last episode of Supergirl because it was the awesome, charming, fun Flash Supergirl crossover. This yeah. E- this episode starts right after that one ended because if you remember, the very end, she kisses James and everyone is a zombie and, the- and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. And we find out what Myriad is this whole season. They've been like, Myriad's ready. Myriad's almost going to go. It's actually pretty cool. Explain what the Myriad is, Ruggs. All right. So on Krypton, you know, the whole planet was going shit. And all these guys were saying, hey, you got to do something about this. Krypton's going to explode because we're ruining all the resources and we're using everything up and we're drilling and fucking up everything in the environment. And people are like, nah, shut the fuck up. (laughs) So they couldn't get anyone on board with this. 
So the the plan that the terrorists were using, you know, the the ones that Kara was fighting with Astra and and Nan and all those guys, their terrorist plan wasn't to blow shit up. No, their terrorist plan was to use this thing called Myriad, which is basically a mind control device. And he's like, look, if you guys don't want to listen and take care of the planet, we're going to mind control you into doing it. So it was this thing that sends out a signal and basically controls everybody. He created you can make them do whatever you want. He created a giant uh, think tank, as kind of they said it. Everybody was on computers figuring out the world's problems, right? So uh, right away you're like, oh, none wants to help, but uh, there's probably better ways to do this. Uh, we got some superhero battles in this episode. That was yeah. uh, that was fun. Uh, Maxwell Lord working for the good guys. So everyone is affected except for Supergirl. Maxwell Lord, and I love when Cat Grant walks in and she doesn't even notice that people are zombies. She's just like, oh, nah. oh I thought they were quiet. Uh, and the reason being, Maxwell Lord sent her some earrings that have these blockers, and he's got a blocker. Just in case, a little convenient. Yeah, very convenient. So the three of them are the only ones that aren't affected by the myriad. But I really loved uh, her conflict and her doubt. She was like, I don't know what to do here. I need help, and there's nobody who can help me. Meanwhile, Lucy Lane releases all the fucking prisoners at the DEO. She's got to go stop them. Uh, all hell's breaking loose. Uh, and she's just like, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to do. What do I do? Like, it's great. And, and uh, here's the great part. Clark is off-world somewhere, is what they say, right? That's what they said. And if you notice, when she was in the Fortress of Solitude talking to the little robot, uh, I think the, the Legion ring was missing. So maybe is he yeah. off with the Legion of Superheroes? Anyway. Yeah, but not, no, but then you see him go in with everybody. He flies down. Well, that's, and that's the most hilarious thing. He texts her. That was stupid. He texts her. Look, guys, Superman was in this episode. He texts her, I'm on my way. And she's standing on a balcony. She's looking down. You see all the people walking. They're real tiny. And way in the distance, you see Clark. You see Superman flying. He's getting a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. And then he instantly flies down and becomes a mindless zombie. Oh, shit. Uh, and Maxwell... And their excuse is that he's been on Earth so long that his brain is, is, is more human than Kara's. Uh, and that's why she's not affected. Bullshit! The line is uh, basically Superman was brought to his knees because by going to school and watching Sesame Street. Uh, that his brain is more human. Whew, that was a rough one. Dude, and... He's not a zombie like... Anthony asks if he's a zombie. No, he's no. just mindless. He's just like under mind control. But if he's being mind controlled, like why would a nun be using him for something important? Like you would think he would use him to take uh, uh, the others down. It was just kind of shoehorned in there. They, yeah, it was. Uh, they just need to make, here's Superman. Here he is. Look at him. Uh, and uh, <laughs> sort of, here's Superman. Sort of. I love how Kat uh, drops uh, the Harrison Ford line where she's like, Tell him I'm not interested because she's married to him and uh, she gets to drop his real name. Uh, oh, that. How about that scene where Nan is there at uh, the office and he's like, Supergirl, stay the fuck out of this. And he sends Wynn, uh, Jim, Zol Jim Olsen and a random office worker to each leap off of the balcony at the same time. At which point Supergirl can only save two of them. Guess which two she saves, of course. The people that we know. The people who have, who, who have cast. And that, yes. that very unlucky secretary that they alluded to at the beginning of the episode. Uh, she didn't make Flatters it. all over the ground. Which, first of all, 
she could have fucking caught her too. You're Supergirl. Just go faster. But did you see that shot of her just like looking at her fall like like an <laughs> idiot? But you know what? I kind of appreciated that reaction, that horrified reaction. It's kind of what I wanted Henry Cavill's look to be after the bombing of DC. Like he should have had that look, horrified. Yeah. Like he fucked up. Instead, he just kind of stood there looking slightly bored. For some reason. Yeah, you look like the face that you make when someone throws a drink in your face. <laughs> You're like, <"Bah?" laughs> Like. Uh, Anthony's uh, face is on my nipple right now. Like, this is preposterous. <laughs> but that's what I liked about that little moment. I was like, you could have fucking saved her. But I get it was the horror of being helpless. And then that Indigo, she stabs John and leaves him bleeding. Is he going to die? You think he's going to die? They're not killing him off right away. Martian Manhunter? No, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. That was kind of a fun fight where he threw her into the shed, and for some reason, this wooden shed in the middle of the street, like, explodes. I don't know why it would explode. Nobody knows. No. Okay, so here's here's what... The big takeaway I took from this episode, I kind of felt like this was like a direct counterpoint to Batman versus Superman. In the sense that Kent Grant, at the end, when Kara is just at her wit's end, she doesn't know what to do, she gives her this awesome little pep talk. Calista Flockhart's great in the show. She gives her this pep talk about we need to use hope instead of fear, like that symbol on your chest. This will break the people out of Myriad's uh, a spell. This, And I feel like this is directly counterpoint. That's the opposite of Batman versus Superman, where it's fear instead of hope. She's like, no, hope. We need hope. What do you think of that? I like that. I think it's cool, right? You know, it's more in tune to what the comics are about. You know, symbol of hope, Superman, Supergirl, symbols of hope. Absolutely, always they are that they do the right thing. I mean, no matter what, it's simple math. One plus one equals three. Uh, five, yeah. Oh shit! I'm not good at numbers. Uh, and then finally, this show—they always end on great kind of cliffhangers, and then it just starts right there. The next episode. You know, they're going they they figured out let's go to a radio uh, old TV station, analog TV station because Nan is like jacked all of the signals, everything's taken over. But they're going to send out some kind of hopeful message. But before they do that, uh Alex, her sister shows up, mind controlled, in armor, wielding the sword she used to kill her and Astra. Yeah, that's very Batman versus Superman too. Holy shit, Nan is like, like she's Batman. Yeah, she with the armor. The oh shit, good yeah. call, Rugs. I didn't. Talking nerd. I didn't even get that. And he's like, one of you ain't walking away from this fight. And they leap in the air and cuts the end of episode. Uh, then you know what? We're gonna have to talk about the next episode because it is the season finale. I gotta see what the Let's fuck happens. I gotta see what the fuck happens next week. So I'll do it just to piss Anthony off. I'll watch Supergirl <laughs> just to make him go. I don't hate this show. Listen, it's getting it does suck, but like whatever. Better. But well, I'm watching it anyway. It, it's 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 improved. Slightly. It's got bemoist. It's got bemoist. Uh, it's got uh, everyone's favorite fappening Melissa bemoist. Uh, so that was the Supergirl, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll come back and we'll check out the season finale next week. Moving on. <laughs> Oh, the gypsy jazz music is not bullshit, Anthony. Go fuck off. He's trolling. Yeah, uh, Anthony is trolling his own show in the comments. Does that make any sense? Talking nerd. Anybody? anybody? 
we got a troll. Listen, someone's got to do it. So, it's either him or David Zika. Yeah, Z- you know, Zika's not here, so Anthony will take his place. David Zika, I really hope you join the Facebook group. I want to have conversations with you. Uh, we're going to talk about this week's Legends of Tomorrow and a little bit last week's Legends of Tomorrow, being as how it was preempted for the basketball which is bullshit. Just show it on another fucking thing. I don't know. Show it later. I don't know. Uh, so, real quick, Rugs, season one, episode 10, Progeny from last week that you watched. Uh, it's in the future. You were right about the fashion. For some reason, in the future, nobody likes colors. Everybody's just wearing gray and black. But did you see it was like just a suit jacket with the collar popped up? Yes. If you take any jacket and you raise the collar, you know how there's that black fabric underneath that you're not yeah, supposed that's what to they see? Did. That's the fashion now. So people are just lazy uh, in, in, in the future. But I love so that. All they did is they took, they took a suit jacket, they put it on an ironing board, and they ironed the crease out of it, and then they made it. That's it. Yeah, Jordan. That's what, they, yeah. that's what the wardrobe department did for the future. Jordan's like, so like the early 2000s? Yeah. So it, the 20 year fashion cycle, this comes back around in 2147, I guess. Who knows? Uh, it's terrible. I, I, loved, I loved this whole would you kill baby Hitler if you had the chance? This is a very, very tough uh, philosophical question. I think they should have killed the little bastard, and I was kind of upset that they fucking yeah, he wussed was a out. Shit. He was a little piece of shit per deca- per decaton per decaton. That was I don't name. know. Uh, per, I don't know. Was, I can call him Megatron. <laughs> per Megatron, but you know what? Per decaton was a longtime DC Comics villain who is actually a Nazi in the comics. Oh shit! Ah. And he fucking kills his dad right away. And instead of delaying his rise to power that eventually Vandal kills him and takes over, they just kind of sped it up by not killing him. Uh, it was very uh, easy. Yeah, so basically, like, they think that if they talk, like, really mean, if they talk really sternly to perverted Megatron, he'll uh, <laughs> Pterodactyl Megatron, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Rip was going to talk him out of being an evil mass murderer. Uh, that didn't work. That kid, no. that kid is gone. Fucking take him out. Just like those kids uh, in The Walking Dead. Uh, they needed to go. That one girl. She was not yeah, going to be. Yeah, uh, she was damaged her. goods. Damaged goods. We also saw a lot of Kendra starting to get flashbacks of her uh, old life with Carter. And uh, we got to see young Aldous Boardman, the dude who was their son in the pilot who died. You get to see him as a kid. And uh, then we have this whole resolution between Snart and McRory, where they have Mick captured, and Snart's like, look, if you beat me and kill me, you can go. If I kill you, then I kill you. And they fight, and of course, Mick can't fucking do it. He beats the fuck out of him pretty good. Yeah. But at the end, Mick is, uh, he's all in on their side, and he's like, uh, you guys were a little fucked, because the Time Masters are pissed, and they're sending... The hunters after him. The Time Masters, for people who are like in an enlightened future society, they hire a lot of assassins for some reason. Yeah, they're like, we don't want to get our hands dirty. They We're got, above that. And then not only that, they have backup assassins for when the first yeah. fucking assassin doesn't work. They got a whole thing lined up. Yeah, that's very, very thin at best, that <laughs> story right there. Uh, Anthony says the future is bullshit anyways. So that leads into this week's episode, episode 11 called The Magnificent Eight. Uh, it takes place in the Wild West, a little play on The Magnificent Seven, an amazing Western movie. And basically, they time jump the fuck out of there, and they kind of, they're in something called a time fragmentation, temporal fragmentation, uh, where uh, the Time Masters can't find them. And it's 1871, 
The Old West. <laughs> Anthony says the Time Masters are more incompetent than the League. Uh, yeah, uh, the League of Assassins, absolutely. And Rip, Rip just has enemies in every timeline, in every time era. There's somebody there who he screwed Oh, the over. Rip story is, is, is fucking gold because his whole thing was he, he like stays in the ship. He's like, I can't go out there because I like it too much. I like the old West too much. I'm like, shut the fuck up. This is so dumb. <laughs> they, like, oh. he can't go out. Like, what kind of an idiot? Like, he can't, like, ooh, if I go out to that Wild West, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay here. They, uh, I like the dirty, smelly people. Why would you? Look, that's a good point. Why would you want to stay anywhere before fucking uh, sanitation and, like, soap and shit? Yeah, there must have been gonorrhea running wild over there. Well, but Ray Palmer could relate because the you the sense of I can actually make a difference here. And even Stein was getting sucked in to being in the old West and they didn't want to leave. Uh I love the little slow-mo posse walk in the beginning where they're all like badasses walking through uh what did, the, the what did you think of Jonah Hex? So we get to meet Jonah Hex. I was okay with the Jonah Hex. Uh, uh I, I like the little backstory. I wish we got to know him a little bit more. The actor playing him I thought did a very good job. I never no, Josh and Shake is fine. It's just that that Jonah Hex makeup never looks good. It doesn't matter how much money you spend on it. It's just weird looking. Like they, they should do it different for the screen. It just doesn't look right. <laughs> Anthony it says the, the Wild West is Rip's Brokeback Mountain. Ah, oh that's, shit, that's very good and very accurate. Uh, he and Anthony thinks Jonah sucked. He had no charisma. He was kind of flat. Uh, the makeup, the, at least explain like why his face is all burnt up and shit. Did you have you seen the the movie with the uh, the Brolin, the Josh Brolin? Yeah, I've seen it. How was that? It's shitty. Okay. Well, is the, I mean, what? it was better than Batman versus Superman oh, by a long stretch. Oh, so shit. Snap. Take that. Uh, it made more sense as a movie. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I watch it because Megan Fox is in it. Uh, Anthony's right. It was the one character who could talk with even more gravelly voice than McRory. Where he's like, he call, but I like how he calls him out right away. He's like, yo, time travelers, when are y'all from? And the reason is. That Rip was there a few years ago in Calvert, and uh, there's the Stillwater gang, and there was another gang, and he sent them away, just like these guys were like, we're going to stay, we're going to fight the Stillwater gang, and Jonah's like, that's great, but what happens when you leave? And what happened in Calvert was they came back and they burned the whole fucking town down and killed everybody, and uh, Rip, Rip needs to make up for that, obviously. Uh, I love the fact that Sarah can outdrink Mick in the fucking saloon. That must be some nasty-ass liquor they're drinking, too. Yeah. Of course she can. She can do everything cool. That, uh, Jordan says, when I think of Stillwater, I think of the town in Oklahoma. I think that's uh, the Calvert was in Oklahoma. I think they were in Oklahoma uh, in this episode uh, in the Old West. And then we learn uh, Stein is good at cards. So he's got a little uh, he's got a little dirty past where he smokes weed. Oh, that's right. He smokes weed when he was younger and he's playing cards. What do you think? He got I, a lot. I don't know why these people continue to meddle in the past. Like, he just meets this woman. His kid is dying uh, from TB. And he, well, we find out but, who, but who the he's kid He's H.G. Wells. Well, that, so that's the thing. It turns out this kid is H.G. Wells who wrote the book The Time Machine. That's kind of a cute little geek moment. Now, well, does that mean that this was always supposed to happen? Yeah. Then Pretty much. He was supposed to save uh, save the kid. Wow, that's crazy. He even tells the mom, like, destroy these vials once he's better because this is, like, future medicine. He, The kid probably figured it out. You know, he ma- it made sense that, he, he, obviously, the shit that he did, 
all this shit that is going on in the town. All yeah. these people flying around in armor and wings and shit. I mean, at, the know. whole town saw this. And instead of like, I love what he's like, you got one of those mind wipey things. And Rip's like, no. He's like, look, no one's going to believe anything anybody says here. It'll be fine. And, uh, you know, the kid writes a book. Now, let's talk about this Kendra situation. She bumps into this woman. She's got these weird flashbacks. She's like, I know this woman. She's being drawn to this place. They're on horseback. Sarah's having a good time. She's actually smiling and enjoying the simple life. And it turns out it was, yeah, Listerbate says this was a quantum leap moment. It turns out that woman was her in a previous past future uh, incarnation. Uh, what did you make oh, of you this? Know. Well, Hawkgirl, like, dies. Over and over and over again. Yeah. Over and over again through time. So there could be versions of her anywhere that they go. It just so happened that they fa- they fell into one this time. And she talks to her, and the lady says, the old lady says, listen, uh, whatever you do, you're going to always want Hawkman. Yeah, yeah. Because he's your, he's your soulmate. And so anything that you get, he's like, she's like, I tried to date all these other guys. It doesn't matter how big your dicks are, anything. <laughs> you're always going to want Hawkman. You're always going to want. Well, well, and he, she, he had a different name with her. Uh, I forgot what it was. But Kendra chooses at the end not to listen to this. She's like, you know what? Fuck my old future past other self. I'll, I love you, Ray. And I was like, all right, that's not yeah, good. She hasn't met Ray Palmer. Yeah, she hasn't met Ray Palmer. Uh, but that I, I liked, look, I like that they did not use her in old person makeup. Because first of all, I don't think the actor would be able to pull that off. Just between you and No, me. she could never. She's she's not that great of an actor. But the, the lady playing her, Anna DeVere Smith, she's this woman is actually she's an amazing playwright. She's an amazing actor. She's been doing television and plays since the eighties. She was in like soap operas in the seventies. Like there's a high caliber uh casting here with the Anna DeVere Smith. So I was kind of surprised to see her in this. But she was really good as uh old uh old her, future her. Whatever. Also, old hawker. Also, I love the moment where they go to uh, get still wa- still water. They and they actually run out of bullets. Like, yeah. The, when the fuck does this happen on a TV show? And they leave. They leave uh, the guy behind. And they fucking they leave Jax behind. behind. I was like, wow. Like they're really pussy. doing this. Yeah. Uh, that was crazy. But they they're like, we have leverage, and there's an old. Of course, you're in the Wild West. You gotta do the Wild West shootout at noon. High noon shootout in the middle of the street, and uh, Rip steps up. He's like, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make up for it. And so Rip's the quicker shooter, takes the dude down. They drop him immediately into a coffin, and you think everything's done when all of a sudden the fucking hunters show up. And uh, the whole team has to get together. Firestorm has to firestorm up. Adam's in his suit. Uh, They've taken them down. And the uh, the hunters tell them uh, this isn't over. Uh, the Time Masters have initiated Omega Protocols. The Pilgrim is coming to get you. It's Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim and his seven uh, ex-boyfriends. Yeah, well, well, not his. Boyfriend. It's supposed to be a chick, right? <laughs> yeah, which the Pilgrim is a woman assassin, their most deadliest assassin. She's gonna be hunting their younger selves. So now they gotta fly around and check all their younger selves without. Paradoxing the time stream. Oh boy, who do you think it's going to be? Canary versus the assassin. It's going to be a showdown, lowdown. Anthony wants to know why do the time masters assassins dress in bondage? It's kind of uh, it's kind of kinky. Because you need to have a lot of you know restrictions 
when you're going through time because your balls can go all over space and time. They need so space-time uh, jock straps specifically yeah. made to protect their space-time balls. <laughs> Something. I don't know why I hit that. Uh, that's why. <laughs> because, uh, oh, he wears jock straps around his neck. I, th- I thought that's how you're supposed to wear them. Like when you're creating a woman, like in weird science, you wear them on he your wears head. The ju- he wears the, 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 the jock piece over his mouth like Bane. <laughs> Only the, for the jock, it's, he's the jock. So it's just called straps. You don't have to call him yeah. jock straps. It's, it's just a given. He just calls it a strap. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, next week we, uh, they're going to have to go fucking chase down and deal with the pilgrim. Uh, and also, uh, comes out that, uh, it's been renewed for the season two. So we're going to get more legends. Oh, cool. Confirmed. Uh, yeah, you know, it's again, another just fun popcorn, you know, don't even think about it. Enjoy yourself. It doesn't matter because there's no major characters here that like you're, that are really beloved. Like. You know, like Shyara is the only one that has any clout because she was in the Justice League cartoon. Oh, I see Everybody what you're else is disposable. I mean, Adam is kind of disposable. Like he's not even the real Adam. He's not like he's like Iron Man. So yeah. it's like none of these things are that close to the real thing. So it, they could pretty much do whatever they want. Like they don't have to worry about being beholden to anything. I mean, so it's fine. Rip has a lot of ties to like Booster Gold and a bunch of other things. And uh, man, I just love Katie Lotz on this show. Like she's my favorite character on the show all the time. I don't know why she's just, well, she's a pretty decent actor. Yeah. And she can fight dude. And she, she's a dancer. So she, I mean, if you ever saw, uh, it had some stupid movie that was like kind of like a step up movie. Ah, like yeah, the biggest of, dance yeah, she yeah. was in that. She could dance really well. So she obviously knows choreography and how to like timing and all that shit and how to move her body. So she makes a very convincing canary, just like Summer Glau when she was uh, Terminator in Serenity oh. and Firefly. She mm-hmm. was able to pull off all that that stuff because she was a dance trained dancer as well. So I think dancers translate well for martial arts. Absolutely. And as Anthony has commented, we, we know her a little bit more than the other characters, don't we? We've seen her in two yeah. seasons of Arrow. The viewers have a history with her, and uh, it just helps to have all this time with her. And the fact that, you know, she went, came back to life, trained with the League twice. She's been dead, alive. Like, it's awesome. It's a great character. Absolutely. Okay, let's get to the last show. <laughs> Let's spoil some shit, Batman. I feel a lot of uh, hate bashing is going to happen right now because people. I didn't watch it. What? I didn't watch Fear the Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead. It's the season premiere, Rugs. How could you not watch it? I don't like it, so I don't want to watch it. (laughs) But if I you don't, I had to watch it. If you didn't watch it, how do you know you're not gonna like it? Well, you you're not you're not missing much. It was called Monster. They what were, happened? Okay, I'll let you know if it's good. So look, the opening was kind of fun. So it, I guess it starts a couple of hours after the last season. I don't know what. Nothing happened. Clearly, as he's kind of right. Nothing much happened. They're on a boat the whole fucking episode. But at the beginning, they're getting to the boat and you see this awesome shot of LA on fire as they leave and the military bombing LA. Now I would rather have seen more of that shit. What's going on in there. That seems exciting. Instead, what do they show us? Ah, we're going to be on a boat for the rest of the season or this episode. Uh, so, you know, the slow pace from the first season continues in this season. 
It's a very slow burn. Like Strand was probably the most interesting guy out of all this. There's still nobody really likable. Uh, there's an amazing – in the beginning, there's a great uh, boat propeller kill uh, by a walker. That, I mean that was – the beginning was great. And well, then what do we it, learn about the characters? Is there something interesting that happens? Like, her, her, they, do we discover anything yeah. that as of note? Well, here's what we learn. Uh, Chris, uh, the son, is uh, really mopey still. I mean, his dad did just shoot his mom, but he's just sad and mopey all the time. And they're having this little ceremony where they're going to dump her body in the in the water and he just angrily like lifts the thing and drops her body and storms off all pouty like a teenager. And I was like, uh, all right, whatever. Uh, we learned strand is badass. So they're on a boat and they're, they're passing a, another boat with like 20 people on it. And of course everyone is like, we gotta, we gotta stop and save them. And strands like, yeah, fuck that. Are you fucking kidding me? Which I'm kind of on his side. Uh, yes, they have a huge yacht, but you don't know those people. This there's shit yeah. going down. Uh, you're on a boat. Sorry, we're gonna go. And then Strand, uh, 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 the the daughter, the daughter. He tells her uh, the daughter is on the uh, shortwave radio. She's l- listening, trying to find someone. And she finds like a uh, end of the world radio station. It's a post apocalyptic radio station. Some dude is playing music. Uh, the song is it's interesting song choice. It's David Bowie song called Five Years, which is I think it's, that song is about the end of the world. Anyways, yeah. in typical uh, teen, like all these people are so stereotypically they're all normal. Like they haven't changed yet. So. She's got a little radio pen pal, and this guy's name is Jack. And, and throughout the episode, she's talking to Jack. Uh, and he's a, uh, apparently in some cove. He's stuck. He's got no water. And she goes and tells Jack uh, kind of everything about them. She's like, yeah, we're on a yacht. It's really big. We're passengers. And I'm like, yeah, this is not going to bite him in the ass at all, is it? Uh, like, she's so- fucking... She's fucking yeah. giving all this information to some dude named Jack just because he's lonely. And then Strand is great. When he finds out, he goes, I have three rules. He's like, this is my goddamn boat. Rule number two, this is my goddamn boat. And number three, this is my goddamn boat. He's like, don't be fucking telling people about the boat. Well, I think it's too late because in another random scene, there. So a lot of these things didn't make sense. Strand, Strand has all these uh, radars on his thing, and they're they're just fl- they're kind of going slowly. And Chris, all pouty, just decides to jump into the water for no reason. He wants to go to us yeah. for a swim, like an idiot. Uh, but idiot. Nick, the junkie son, goes in after him, and and he thought he was drowning or whatever. And he's like, oh, he wants to go for a swim. Of course, there there's like a fog behind them. I'm like, oh, that doesn't look good. They're swimming, and all of a sudden, there's fucking walkers in the water. Oh, shit. They figured out how to get walkers in the middle of the... Why are they in the water? Because there is a boat that was shot out. Somebody shot this boat. It turned over. Everyone died, and these people turned into walkers. And all of a sudden, Strand is like... Yeah, but they can't swim, can they? Apparently, they, they kind of do a doggy paddle and just... That's you get know, the fuck out of here. Yeah, they had life vests. It was water walkers. They were like, I was like, how are you going to introduce walkers if you're on a boat the whole fucking season? And they did it. It was shocking because clearly you don't expect you're swimming. And you don't expect a fucking walker. Some were swimming to be there. But the problem is Strand is like, someone's coming back. We have to go. 
And he's like, I think it's the guy who shot up this boat. And I think it's fucking Jack who she gave out their whole location. The stupid girl gave out her whole location to Chris. uh, Chris punches Travis, his dad. That was kind of something that happened. They have they catch an eel and have like a nice dinner uh, with weird music. Uh, and really that's it. Not, it's very slow. I was like halfway through, I was like, boy, this is slow, (laughs) but it's why am I watching this show? I'm not watching it. You give me Anthony can talk about it. I'm not gonna watch episode ever. Wouldn't uh Jordan says wouldn't the zombies dissolve in the water very quickly? They should if their skin is rotting. Yeah, well look, if they're dead, the salt alone, they would bloat very quickly. And not only that, they would float on the top of the water like like logs, and then they would just pile on top of each other, wash ashore. They would not. They'd be immobile. Yes, they would be bloated and immobile. So a couple of story points being when Chris was swimming, he hears something in the boat. He he gets this yacht log. It's like a book in a in a Ziploc bag. It's the boat's log. So that's going to come into play. Um, my my question is: Strand seemed to know L.A. would get bombed because. Otherwise, you're at the you have a beach house. You're at the water. You're like, hey, let, well, let, let's just hold down here. This should be safe. But Strand's like, no, we got to get the fuck out of here. He knew some shit was going down. I kind of want to find out uh, how he knows. But wow, this is a uh, this is a slow show, and I wonder. It had good ratings, which is surprising, but it has this built-in Walking Dead audience. But, I just don't think the show is necessary at all. Well, you know who does think it's necessary is uh, AMC. It's already been renewed for a third season. Oh, shit. Uh, like, they could have done... This is what I think. They could have done, like, a mini-movie or a mini-series that was, like, four episodes long that shows you the progression, and that would have been... They could have went balls to the wall instead of all this character stuff. That If you're going to do character stuff, at least have interesting characters, not just these these guys that are like so boring and not interesting at all. That's the thing. This is character driven, but none of the characters are, are likable really. Uh, yeah. That's the problem. Uh, so I don't know what to do. Yeah. The, I really wanted to see the fall of the city, like explain some shit. It was, it was very slow, a little plotting, very, uh, I don't know. They needed something that kind of like a four episode thing that would kind of just cover it how it happened in, in, in all over the, the country. And that would have been compelling. Uh, so in, in the clips from the, the rest of the season, it does appear that they do get, they're not on the boat the whole time. That's what I was afraid of. Although, have you seen the, the poster image? I love the poster image for the, the show. It's, uh, it's all orange and black, and you see the boat on the water, and behind it is just the sun and clouds, and it, it forms like a skull. Like, it's very striking. Yeah. But that told me, like, is this whole season going to be on a fucking boat the whole time then? Nah, it's just going to be like a couple episodes. And there's also the deal with uh, the Fear uh, Fly- Fear the Walking Dead Flight 462, the little... So you can watch all these 16-minute episodes at once now. This plane's going down. They're eventually going to run into the crash plane. One of the characters is going to join the show. Oof, I don't know. It's almost... It's like a chore. It's like... It's a chore watching this fucking show. A little bit. A little bit. I don't like chores. Ah, Listermate's got a good uh, comment. It sounds a little bit like Stephen King's The Stand. And it has a little bit of that early end of the world feel, but The Stand is really good. 
Yeah. So Cosmo Fox says, we watch The Walking Dead hoping the folks survive. We watch Fear the Walking Dead hoping those folks get eaten. Uh, that's absolutely correct. I, I, I've some comments in the chat. They just want everyone to get eaten. Yeah. Maybe it's we- kind of like it, it, it. It's really like um, when you have a b- way better show of the same exact subject matter. You, it's weird. Like you just, you feel like you're watching a carbon copy of a of a way lesser show. Yeah. Like you, you can't, you can't like. Lightning doesn't strike twice in the same genre, the uh, same yeah. channel. You know. Which yeah. Is, it's a dumb move. I mean, there's no source material for this, which uh, it could be good and bad because, like, uh, they don't know what they're doing. Uh, I don't know. It's frustrating to watch people figure out what you, the viewer, already knows what to do. Like, why should we? Why? Why? Why are you showing us this? Who gave you the right? Just fucking. (laughs) I don't get it. Ah, Cosmo Fox says, I'd rather them take all that production money and make more Walking Dead episodes. All right, I don't know if we're going to continue to review this on a week-to-week basis. We might check in, which is disappointing because you go from, like, the best shows on television, Walking Dead, to now you give us this. Now, after this ends, we'll have Preacher with uh, Dominic Cooper as Jesse Custer. Hopefully, that will be very uh, – Did you? oh, did you see that? The, they, they, they released a little sneak preview of Preacher during the show. And uh, it was very awesome, like, kinetic fight scene in this car. With I think it was Tulip and the cars driving through cornfields and the, the fight is pretty brutal. It's well shot. Uh, that got me a little bit uh, excited for the preacher. I think that's going to be really good. I'm hoping it translates well. You never know. Yeah, I mean uh, Dominic Cooper going from Howard Stark to Jesse Custer at the preacher is pretty awesome. He's a really good actor. So preacher is a comic book by Vertigo. I highly highly recommend. No, he's helping me out. Uh, he's <laughs> I highly recommend you guys read, uh, like, grab the first trade paperback of Preacher. You will not be sorry. He's doing both. He is trolling via helping out. Ah, he's multitasking. All right, guys, let's wrap this up. Hey, Rugs, uh, you like free comic books? As long as they're not DC comics. <laughs> Bro, do you even podcast? Who doesn't like free comic books well i'll tell you listener i'll tell you where you can get free comic books wherever you are may 7th the first saturday in may is free comic book day this is the 15th year that they've been holding free comic book day this is what happens just visit freecomicbookday.com type in your zip code and it'll show you your nearest participating comic book store now stores across the country are going to have artists and writers and events and you get there's a whole bunch of comics there it's a great way to get into comic books find some new books these are actually specifically made for free comic book day uh and if you want to come hang out with us and you're in the chicagoland area we are going to be recording live at pastimes comics in niles on free comic book day, May 7th. Geek boner. Come check it out. Nerd. You can get on the show. Uh, other people there are going to be uh, Mark Allen Fishman from Unshaven Comics, author and journalist and Chicago's king of geeks, Elliot Serrano, and a local stencil artist by the name of Mr. Antihero. I'll put all the links in the show Whoa. notes. You can check out their work. Uh, we're going to try to grab some audio from all these people and some fans and uh, put out a little free comic book day show in the feed. I'm very excited. 
Sounds awesome, dude. Anthony, Free comic book day. Right? Anthony says uh, he hopes his STDs are gone by then. I hope so, too. We don't want to infect our listeners. Oh, shit. <laughs> Everybody in the comic book store wants to kiss Anthony. <laughs> of course. Let me take a look at him. Hey, and speaking of taking a look at him, check out what I'm wearing. Uh, people have already commented. What's that? I'm Why wearing, is Anthony on your nipple? I'm wearing a Jock and Nerd podcast shirt, everybody. We got nipple Anthony, and I have lower pancreas, the nerd, down here right above my yeah. spleen. But I'm wearing a steel. This is the steel blue model. Uh, and you can get one your very self. Just visit jockandnerd.com slash shop. Let me tell you something. This is what I've noticed. It's very weird. Guys named Chris love our T-shirts. Geek boner. <laughs> Shout out to listener Chris Williams and our buddy from 365 Flicks podcast, Chris Richardson, in the UK for both buying a shirt. And there's a couple of other orders. So, you guys, if you get a shirt, send us a picture wearing the shirt. We will tweet it out. We'll Facebook it. Uh, I will get all geek boner. And the picture might get a little messy, but I'll wipe it off later. Uh, so, <laughs> Jock and Nerd. <laughs> a little gross. I get excited when people wear our shirts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, and uh, we also uh, have a thing uh, called a virtual tip jar in the form of Patreon. Visit jockandnerd.com. Ah. Slash Patreon. If you want to help out, you donate whatever you want, uh, and you get cool stuff like bonus content. Yeah. Great bonus content right now. Just added up there new is uh, the post show from our Jim McPike episode 93. And this is how awesome Jim McPike is. He's supporting us on Patreon. Geek boner. Thank awesome. Jim McPike. You are the bomb. Thank you. And thank for everyone. Uh, David Molosky, Jesse Looney, Jim McPike supporting us on the Patreon. Enjoying uh, ringtones by Rugboy. There's a great yeah. file. You can download and cut your own rug tones, as I like to call them. I should do another one. Do as many as you want, Rugs. We'll put it all up on the Patreon. Yeah. Uh, and there's also this rug boy impersonation contest that nobody's entering. Uh, so I guess that one's dead and that's dead as a doornail. Terrific. Lame. Yeah, that, yeah, what, I thought that was a home run. Uh, uh, that was a good idea. Uh, we're just not going to mention it anymore, but it was, uh, you know, when we, hit, when, when like <laughs> later in the year, we'll do it. Anthony Again. says, shoot that one, take it behind the barn and kill it. Uh, yeah, it's a bad idea. We tried. Look, we throw things out there. Sometimes things stick. Sometimes things don't stick. It's okay. You can still do it. Yeah, you can still do it. I got another bit of awesome show news. This is very exciting. Uh, you know, you can visit jockandnerd.com to get all the shows, but that's not the only place you can find this show. We have a couple of networks helping us out. Uh, I definitely want you to check out the Weeby Geeks Network. We're on that one, along with uh, HD One Jump, our buddies Peter Kendall, Three Six Five Flicks. Uh, there's tons of great uh, geek content there. Anthony, we're not on Pornhub. That's incorrect. Uh, unless you made a deal that I don't know about, because I do that all the time. If you got the Pornhub uh, connections, uh, you know, be all by all means, get us on there. Uh, we're also on the Tangent Bound Network. Which is awesome. We're also on a place to hang your cape that has great geek articles, reviews, videos, and brand new rugs. Check this shit out. You can hear us every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Central on Geek Life Radio. You can find nice. that. Right? You can find it at geekliferadio.com. What this is, this is a 24-7 stream of geek podcasts that's just always running. You can tune in. Whoa. Yeah, they cover... Uh, Television and movies, they cover video games, they cover comic books, technology, and 
Pro Wrestling. Geek Boner. Nice. Right? It's fun. So Wednesday nights, 9 p.m., uh, they will play our latest show in entirety, geekliferadio.com. Check it out. We have also, Rugs, a new review on the iTunes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Five What's it say? Give it to me. It's five-star review. Best podcast uh, by Itchy Girl. Uh, oh. The Jack and Nerd have great chemistry and a series of fun and interesting guests round out the episodes. Must listen for anyone interested in anything or Jock and Nerd related. Thank you, Itchy Girl. And I hope you got some lotion or some cream soon. Stop and, uh, dating Anthony. Oh, maybe that's why it's Itchy Girl. Anthony, do you know oh, uh, Itchy Girl? Let's, is it really strap? Oh, I'm suspicious. Or is it another S thing? Uh, thanks, guys. If you want to leave us a review, we would love it. Uh, it's one of the ways you can help us by spreading spreading the word. Nerd. By leaving a review on iTunes. Just visit jockanerd.com slash review. It takes you right to the iTunes page. Light up the stars, five all the way across. Leave us a nice review. We will read it on the show and uh, subscribe to the show. And, and another way you can help us out is just tell a friend. Tell a buddy. Yeah. Tell. If you know someone that's into comics, if you know someone that's into podcasts, if you know somebody that wants to buy a Jock and Nerd shirt, if you know anyone that might like this podcast, recommend it. You won't go wrong. They'll love you even more for opening them up to this world, our empire of stupidity, if you will. Listen, if you talk to anyone at all during the course of your day-to-day life, just tell all of them. If you are a jock inside with a nerd inside, or if you are a nerd with a jock inside, or you want to be inside a nerd, or you want to be outside of a jock, or I don't know what I'm saying anymore, but just tell no. a friend. Yeah. <laughs> tell your friends. Hey, <laughs> the jock, does that mean a jock is a fucking nerd? Look, you could be jock and nerd like Jim McPike, like Andrew Gildy. I think we have a lot of listeners that are a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Uh, yeah. And then finally, contact us. Visit jockadir.com slash contact if you want to send us emails. Uh, and join the Facebook group, jockadir.com slash community. We can have a good time. <laughs> Look, the difference between, between us and all the other geek podcasters is all three of us, all three have seen a girl's boobs. That's a good point. Oh, shit. That's something that's... <laughs> rare in these geek circles there's a lot of guys that i listen to that are geek podcasters and you can tell that they've never even oh even seen oh shit a sideways smile in their life okay yeah uh yeah uh anthony says i question him around sometimes but he has a wife yes i do it's verified Damn yes <laughs> we paid a lot for it so you better use it yeah, she cost a lot of money. I had to ship her all the way in from the Central Europe. Uh, all yeah. right, gang, look, we're going to wrap up this show. We're going to open it up to the Blab community. Come on in, geek out. Uh, Jordan Redford, I want to hear about Batman vs. Superman. We're going to start there. Uh, thanks for joining us. We are so happy you picked this show. You have great taste. This has been the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Rug Boy. He's the Rug Boy. And he's the nerd. And we'll catch you next time. Really, go play with some basketball. All right, everyone. This is officially the Jock and Nerd a post show. 
Anthony, man, your voice is really, uh, it really hurts, right? Uh, how you feeling? You getting any better? That's all. I, I'm concerned about the jock's health. He'll He's be good fine. Just uh, get some rest and some liquid. So, Jordan of the Pies, you saw Batman vs. Superman with Peyton. Both of you guys went? Mm-hmm. All right. She, uh, Anthony uh, said you look good, uh, Jordan, right there. That's a... oh, thanks, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, she looks good. This is a good frame up. For Listen, you right if now. you guys have never seen the Jordan of the Pies, she's lovely. You guys got to come and watch us. And she is our awesome blab assistant slash producer running the extra box with the graphics. I can't thank you enough, Jordan. You do a great job. Thanks. Okay, let's get into it. Well, what are your thoughts on Batman vs. Superman overall? Okay. I I was entertained. Okay. I will say that. Okay, that's important. I didn't, didn't want to it's not like I wanted to get up and leave. Um but there were times and Peyton agrees with me that it was just it was really all over the place. There was just a lot going on. Um I will say though that I had low expectations for Ben Affleck being Batman. Oh. And he he surprised me. I thought he did a good job. I think the only thing I don't like is his like Kanye West auto tune Batman voice. Like we can do without that. Yeah, you know, I didn't even notice that that much. Like that didn't really bother me. Uh, but it, it bothered <laughs> me. But I think I think it's because he didn't have a lot of dialogue yes. using that voice. No. But it's it's still like I I don't. I mean, it's like they wanted to be Christian Bale, but futuristic auto-tune Christian Bale, like, or something. Yeah, I don't instead really Instead of him know. just, like, making the voice, which has got to yeah. hurt your throat. Well, they've been doing that a lot with Arrow and stuff, that he's got a voice modulator. and I think it works on that show, one. though. I think yeah. it works on Arrow because uh, clearly you would you'd call, like, and Flash does it, too, where he kind of vibrates his vocal cords. Yeah. Like, that's I, like I a think, new trend that's happening. Yeah. I think he should have created his own Batman voice instead of it being ah. artificial. Hmm. So yeah, that. maybe it was a cop out. You think? Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. relied on the tech a lot. Uh, what would you think of uh, the Wonder Woman's? Okay, she Bye, is my favorite part of the whole movie, right and on. I'm really sad that she's not more like involved in it in that movie i know she will be in the justice league but i wish i wanted more of her that's uh i mean that's kind of a good thing you should you should leave wanting more of that and her solo movie looks amazing uh i think she's gonna kill it when that one comes out mm-hmm. uh, yeah we were we were talking too about um we almost think that maybe they shouldn't have even put her in the trailer, you know, when she she comes down and she's a complete badass, okay. like saving down. Let me shit. let me just. Oh my god, you said trailer. Let me just talk about the fucking trailers for this movie because after watching the movie, I was even more upset at these trailers because they showed you a clip from every fucking scene in the movie, minus like the two big things, uh, to yeah. where you go see the movie. You're like, oh, yeah, I feel like i kind of seen this. Oh, then this scene's going to happen. Then this is going to happen. Oh, I kind of saw. They showed way too fucking much. Too much. That, yeah, the wh- trailers are bad. Listen, that trailer house, they, they should all be fired. Whoever made the decisions to, because the second trailer was a mess. We're trying to put the humor, and they had to put out a third trailer, which is good. But you fucking showed me everything, guys. Mm-hmm. 
That and was, we said that. We said that when yeah. they put it out. You might as well just not go watch it. There's oh the movie. Oh, my God. I was like, holy shit. They showed everything in the trailers. It was very, very frustrating. Yeah. I mean, we were saying especially um, when the part when she does show up and save Batman, that part would have been so awesome. Had we not it already would have seen never it. have been in the trailer. Cosmo Fox that is, would have yeah. been awesome. Cosmo Fox says, oh, I was hoping they were misdirection. That's what I was hoping. I was like, maybe this isn't Doomsday. Maybe this isn't the end. Maybe it's misdirection. Uh, nope. That's a little too, uh, what do you want to say, uh, smart and tactful for them, and they're just like, show everything! Which, again, the difference, it seems to be Warner Brothers has no confidence, and they, they can't, they have no restraint uh, sometimes yeah. with yeah. their material. Well, not only that, but that Marvel usually has a lot more in the tank in their movies. Like this movie didn't really have as much action as you thought. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you were to take all the action scenes and boil them down, you maybe get out of a two and a half hour movie, maybe 15 minutes of pure action. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Frederick J. Bird in the in the chat says he liked the movie and he wants to know: Did we like Watchmen? Rugs. I liked it? Watchmen. Okay. Yeah, I Watchmen was a good movie. The ending was a little bit shitty, but like it because it doesn't they changed it go directly from the comics. But if you minus that one thing, the movie's pretty holds up pretty well. Uh, here's it, a, here's another thing I I also had a problem with um, when he opens the files. And it shows like oh, the wait, files. Hold on. If anybody hasn't seen the fucking movie, just <laughs> I, uh, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> because Give I don't think I, I, I'm going to be here, but I'm just not going to see me. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Because I don't think Cosmo Fox has seen the movie from his comments. So we may be spoiling things for BVS. Sorry, but Cosmo. Whatever. The movie's made 800 million. If you haven't seen it by hey, and here's the thing. If you haven't seen it by now, I feel like people ain't going to go see it. And uh, yeah, this true. is what I, uh, at work, I've been talking to a lot of coworkers who are into comic book movies, and I was like, have you seen the movie? And they're like, nah, I'm not going to see it. Uh, my friends told me, and I was like, oh, snap, which really explains this kind of box office drop. But you were saying the files, the Justice okay. League files. Yes. The files, you know, and they had, you know, Wonder Woman's file, Cyborg's file, Aquaman's file, yes. Flash file. I personally feel like they should have only had shown Wonder Woman's file and not the other three. Well, her file actually had to do with a little bit of the plot of the movie, but it still yes. didn't make sense why, like, why she was just, she was after a photo and how the fuck Lex hauled it. I mean, shit. I just, I feel like, especially with the Justice League, I, I feel like it would be better to reveal these characters either in the first trailer for it or if, um, they want to release pictures from it or whatever, but I just personally feel like for a movie that is still in the works that I, I you know, I don't, I don't, I feel, feel like it's giving more away still. We're, we're getting their look already. There's video of what they look like. I, I just, and logos. Don't forget, the, don't forget the awesomely yeah. designed logos that Lex, if these are, do you think Lex did this or he had an assistant? I thought these are top secret files. Why? No, I think that what, what David Zika said was that the logos were the ones that were they were wearing, but Aquaman was not wearing a logo and neither was the Flash. How does Cyborg have a logo? He's half a body. He doesn't. I know. <laughs> so his points are ridiculous. But uh, this is the point that I'm going to make about this whole uh 
Justice League file thing. Okay? It dilutes from the plot that Lex is trying. Okay, this is the whole theory. All right? Lex is pissed that there's Superman because he's from another planet. He's an alien. All right? So then he gets obsessed with Superman and he goes and finds all these other people and starts researching the world to find other beings. Yeah. And so now he wants to take out Superman because Superman, for some reason, is the biggest threat. During this whole thing, he creates Doomsday, he goes on the ship, he learns all the Kryptonian knowledge. And then at that point, he should have changed his tune because he knows that he's t- he leads to dark side coming. He says they're coming home. They're coming here. Everybody, the si- signal's been sent. The bell has been rung. Ring-a-ding-ding. You know, he says that shit. So all of these things doesn't make sense to that these characters are out there. There's all these people like, so, okay, you, you kill Doomsday. Then Wonder Woman's there. Now you got to kill Wonder Woman. Now you got to kill this guy. Now you got to kill that guy. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Now you're calling all these other fucking people down to the planet. And Darkseid's going to be here. So all, this whole thing is stupid. You might as well just kill himself. Like, <laughs> Sudor, he should just kill himself if he's worried about it. Because, like, there's, like, an endless uh, litany of people that are coming from the, all, all these other planets now that he activated the fucking Kryptonian he shit. He just made everything worse. Yeah. yeah. So what the fuck? It's just, like, the, the story is pointless. I agree. Uh, I mean, this uh, just and this. I'm I'm really just sick of this, like fanboy Marvel versus DC. It has nothing to do with that, people. It's good storytelling versus let's just cram all this shit because I got to set up a thing. Oh, and here's some things blowing up and some action scenes, which were great. But you know what? Take out all the dialogue. Take out all the setup. Uh, just show me the action scenes. It would have been just as good. Yeah, I don't know. And there's a lot of shit on the cutting room floor. I mean, they say that Lex Luthor, you know, opens up a mother box or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually interested in watching this extended cut because maybe it smooths out some of these issues. Hopefully. Uh, Cosmo, if you watch such a fucking clusterfuck, it's a clusterfuck. If if you watch the movie with you just want to sit there and watch Batman and Superman beat on each other for about three minutes and that's that'll that will get you hard and get you off, then you'll enjoy the movie. If you want to watch, you know, a movie where Wonder Woman fights something for about 13 seconds on screen and that'll do it for you, that's the movie for you. If you want to see Ben Affleck without a shirt on pulling a tire up a, <laughs> a, a cascade of water. Batman doing CrossFit. Yeah, this is the movie for you. Look, they- but if you want actual, if you, you want to go see Batman, the best thing in this movie is Batman's. Batman saves Martha. That's the coolest thing in the whole movie. That scene is amazing. That's the only thing in the movie that's great. Which they even showed most of that scene in the trailer. Like there was only yeah, a little bit more. Really, if you watch these trailers, you've seen the whole movie. Look, Batman and Superman, they punch each other for a little bit, then they're friends, and then uh, roll the credits. Uh, yeah, then they become yeah. instant besties. They're only that. friends because their mothers share the same names. How, how did you how did you react to that whole Martha thing? Yeah, when, you're not like a you're not like a big comic book person. Good question. Yeah. You know, you're, so this is like all new to you. So when you're watching this, what are you thinking? This whole Martha thing. When I mean, did well, you feel like oh that makes sense or no? Well, I was like, okay, what a coincidence. But I also was thinking, you know, well, what if his mother's name wasn't Martha? Then what would have happened? <laughs> yeah, would that have stopped you? Like, if you want, if you were gonna kill, you wanted to kill Superman, and you're there, you're about to kill him. 
And this is the only chance you used up all the fucking shit that you have. And then now you're like, no, I'm not going to kill him. Uh, the only thing that changed it for me was that Lois Lane was there, that he had to do it in front of Lois. Yeah. And Lois was like over his body while he was distracted, maybe. But I don't even think that would stop me if I was Batman and I had sp- spent all this time planning how to kill Superman. Well, it was like, oh, your mom's name's Martha, too. All right. I guess we're friends now. <laughs> It was a very quick, uh, very quick turn of. Uh, oh, feelings. just kidding! I'll go save her now. And then he's it was horse shit. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. Okay, and and I like you said, like I don't know anything about the comics, but why is it when um, when Lois Lane is in trouble, Superman knows? Yep. But why does he not know when his own mother? I is? know that doesn't make any sense. I and, but, don't know. Let's watch a bunch of people make up bullshit to try and defend this thing because people are apologists and they just don't want to admit it was poorly written. Oh, Cosmo Fox, that's a great idea. Get really drunk first. It's going to make the movie way more fun. You'll fall asleep. So regarding that bit, there was a scene that Snyder cut out that was even too dark for him. He said at that moment he had a scene where Superman flies up in the air, kind of like in Superman Returns where he's listening to the planet and he's listening for trouble. So this scene, Superman flies up above the earth and he's listening to people in trouble, but he has to ignore all of them. He's trying to find his mom and and Zack Snyder was like, whoa, that's even too dark for me. Where- yeah, but still, that doesn't re- that no. doesn't make sense. That no, it, it wouldn't have. Lois gets thrown off a building and somehow he just hears it. Yeah. She's all the way in Africa, and he goes and saves her. Yeah. She's drowning in some water while he's in the middle of a fight, right. and he somehow still hears her. See, I'm glad that even a non-comic book geek can see the clear fucking uh, problems with. So David Zika needs to take a lesson from Jordan Radford. <laughs> Zika, you can learn a thing or two from our lab assistant here. Uh, we made this guy famous. <laughs> we have made David Zika famous. <laughs> but he is the first. He is the first of the trollers. I lo- no, so. look, it's not. He said he's not mad. He doesn't hate us. I just like that we could d- agree to disagree. And Jordan, I really like that you said that it was entertaining for you. And the movie was entertaining in parts for me. Definitely not throughout the whole thing. I never said it wasn't entertaining. I just said it was a retarded movie. It was yeah. stupid. It's a big dumb. It's a big dumb movie. I mean, uh, like it made no sense. Me, look in this day and age. Here's the problem that I've seen consistently as the years have passed. That mediocrity sells more and more as time goes on. Why should we uh, put up with just something that's mediocre? But do you think that the defense? For a stupid movie is to say that we're too dumb to understand it. No, no, that means we're like that. Like that movie was way more intelligent than me. Well, but or, see- I mean, look, that's pop. That's plausible. I'm not that smart, but <laughs> but I mean, like to say that I'm too dumb to get Batman versus Superman. Like I'm, I need to be spoon fed things. I don't know. I think that's re- that's really like a stretch, like well, of a defense. Well, look, this is what I think you can relate it to. Uh, we were talking about John Bellotti and how. You know, he loves Godzilla so much that he will defend whatever the shittiest Godzilla. This kind of happened with the Star Wars prequels. Star Wars nerds went in to watch the prequels. They knew that it was a fucking bad movie, but they just couldn't admit it to themselves and they would defend it. Now, I almost do the same thing for Spider-Man movies, except uh, I can't with the last uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. But 
we get blinded in our in our love for these characters and 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 our fanboyism sometimes. Uh, when really you got to step back and take a look at it as a you know a storytelling structure. Does it work? Well, look, this is the thing. Okay, you got Marvel hitting it out of the park. All right. Yep. Now Marvel owns these properties and it's got its own studio and it's making these movies. And are they perfect? No. Do they have duds? Iron Man three. Do they have uh, bad versions of it? Yes. But if you take the whole of the movies and their first outing, which was Avengers, that big the big combo movie, they pretty much nailed it. Mm-hmm. You know. So DC doing their first you know crossover movie blunders this bad and. Not only do they blunder, but they have everything that they need to make a great movie. They have all the right actors. They have everything. So it's just that's what hurts. That's what that's what stings because you know that there could have been a great movie there, and it, it's annoying. It's like when you watch Godzilla, the two thousand fourteen. They had Brian Cranston there. Yeah, people wanted to see Brian Cranston, and then and then you they- kill him off. Yeah, it's just it's stupid. Look, I I feel like that if they wouldn't have given away as much in the trailer, that mm-hmm. maybe people had been more interested in going and seeing it. A lot of people saw the trailer and they were like, "Oh, that's the movie." Yeah, oh. yeah, you're like, "Oh, that's it." Look, man, David S. Goyer does not understand superheroes. <laughs> Granted, he's written Blade, he's written Dark Knight Returns, uh, but. His stories were not what made those movies. He does not get Superman, nor does he want to get Superman. He just doesn't care, and 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 this is where it all this all stems from. I think someone, I think he wrote Blade, and he did it was very successful, and then he wrote, you know, a couple of other things, and people are like, oh, he's the comic book guy. This is the problem, though. They they didn't realize that he really isn't. He look the Nolan movies. He wrote the uh, on Dark Knight Returns, but the reason those movies were good was. Christopher Nolan, there's tons of plot holes, even in the second movie. It's a great movie, but there's tons of, you could pick apart Joker's plan uh, to Swiss cheese, really. And that's all from the writing. But Nolan kind of saved the writing with what he did with his direction and his, and, and his visuals. Yeah. Well, another thing that you have to remember, and I, I want to stress this to everyone. A writer doesn't do dick. If you remember when we talked to Sean Christensen. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the people, the director in the studio will just completely eviscerate anything that you've written. And at that point, you're, you're, what you wrote might have been great. So that's why I keep saying it's not only just David Goyer. It's whoever is behind the studio. There's some motherfucker, one of these producers, <laughs> that is a dickhead and allows Snyder to do things and doesn't protect the property, doesn't protect the script. I think David Goyer probably wrote a a better movie than what we saw. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. But I, I still think he's a shitty writer, but like, because in certain ways, because a lot of his movies have the same problem. Like Blade three was terrible. And he was, he was in charge of that whole thing. Yeah. So there are certain, there's certain things that you could kind of see. He's got weaknesses as a writer. Uh, yeah. So there you go. I mean, it really puts a lot of pressure on these future DCEU movies that are coming out. But again, I wish I didn't like, Man of Steel, and you're like, okay, maybe they'll nail it on the next one. Then we get this, and now you're like, okay, maybe they'll nail it on the next one. Uh, so now it's up to Suicide Squad, which I think in relation will be a better uh, received movie. I think well, it'll redeem this, hopefully. It needs to. 
Well, Suicide Squad's their only hope right now. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Plus one wrote J.J. Abrams rewrote scenes in Star Wars while they were filming. I mean, there was those rumors about Affleck rewriting, uh, this, rewriting the script in his bat suit. I don't know if they were true. But, uh, man, that bat- Batfleck movie I'm excited for. Uh, wow. Yeah, so, all right. So, uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for giving us your female non-comic nerd perspective. Uh, we're not far off. This is, but this, 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 this whole geek uh, uh, fight infighting is crazy.